Hello there, it's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of the Attitude Era podcast. It is, of course, a cold day in hell, but a warm day indeed if you're a fan of Attitude Era podcast and how to wrestling. As we are proud to announce, we are back at the London Podcast Festival for an unprecedented third year in a row. Tickets are available now for our live shows on September the 7th. Tickets are priced at £9.50, and if you buy three tickets across any of the shows available in the London Podcast Festival, you make a saving of 15%. Not all acts are announced yet, but there's a whole bunch up available on the King's Place website if you check them out. Check out some tickets and come see us live in London. The special episode of How To Wrestling will be all about the world of music and wrestling. And for the Attitude Era podcast, myself, Adam and Billy, we're going to be getting to grips with wrestlers in advertisement. So this is going to be a very cheesy and potentially cringeworthy experience as we go through all of wrestlers advertising. And in that spirit, here's me a podcaster advertising patreon.com forward slash ae podcast where you can of course support the show support the boys and get access to a criminally large amount of audio content for just five dollars you can access nearly 50 episodes of the smackdown crawl the entire bibliotech book report series and as well as that or gamesmanship video episode series all of that is available for five dollars and we've just released our first ever gamesmanship episode has been released into the wild for all the public to check out it's on our youtube page so if you want to get a little taste of that video action and what you'll get for your $5, you can head on over there. There's, of course, also $10 backers get access to a Q&A archive of over 25 episodes for myself, Adam and Billy. Or you can become Dan Severn, a $20 backer, and get access to our entire back catalogue, over a dozen audio commentary tracks for us to go along with you in your ears while you watch wrestling movies. But for now, it's time to get settled in and put on the aforementioned winter clothes. It's time for a cold day in hell. everyone and welcome to the Attitude Era podcast. I hope you've got a nice summer coat on you because it's time for a cold day in hell. Hello everyone, once again it's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin Man, saddling up on this wintry evening alongside my cohorts, comrades and colleagues. Firstly, to my left, Adam Bibolo. Hey there. Hello. Oh, now it's a bit brisk, isn't it? As they say. A nip in the air, isn't there? It's a bit chilly today, isn't it? A tingle in the air, isn't there? And we're recording this in hell, we should say, as well. Or heck, if it's 1997. Yeah, if you're Todd Pettengill, maybe. Watch your darn mouth, you know? Hey, there's a bit of a a nip in the air, a shiver, a a twiver, and all that, yeah? I mean, genuinely, though, this is like the sunniest day it's been in forever. I'm legitimately trying to think cool thoughts (laughs) right now. A Hawaiian shirt. I know, speak. like, <laughs> <laughs> and not to be undone with the tartan pajamas of the baddest man on the planet, Billy Kay. Hello, how you doing, big guy? I'm good. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about in your house a cold day in hell to die hard. <laughs> Because it could just easily be a Die Hard, like the eighth Die Hard movie. Though. Yeah, where they're really running loose on the plot at this point. They're like, John, I know you and your second cousin hang out all the time. Like. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So, it's been an eventful couple of weeks on Raw since we last uh, visited this 1997 for Season 4. We've had an increase in our heart foundation because Bret Hart's in a wheelchair, but now he's got a whole bunch of extra baddies. Namely, Jim the Anvil Neidhart and Flying Brian the Loose Cannon Pillman. All are part now of the new and improved Heart Foundation. It's time for a cold day in hell. As we sat on the edge of Armageddon, I am not afraid. there in the moon which is, uh, <laughs> help yeah. help I've been cursed well at the end of every episode of Bear in the Blink Blue House <laughs> we go up and sing to the moon this is a very Majora's mask <laughs> <laughs> I'm fixing to start the dawn of the second day <laughs> dawn of the second D <laughs> so yeah we get some sick guitars and sick quotes Oh, it's that proper dark-sided, soulful <laughs> guitars. Like it's, I, I don't like. I don't want to bring up the musical cats very often. Oh, I'd rather we didn't. But if all of the cats and the different types of cats, Jellicle and otherwise, from Cats, were all turned into electric guitars, <laughs> like each one with their own badass personality. Hang on a second. Oh, hang on a second. You know, there's a lot of different uh, layers of badass guitar here. I, I don't think you're going to give Illumination Studios any good ideas there. <laughs> they will make that. That's the sort of shit they make. Idris Elba is a guitar. <laughs> I like Austin in this. Some very rare sightings you get. Which is Austin taking big bumps for The Undertaker. Mm. Austin is, of course, embroiled in his feud with the Heart Foundation. But as is the case with all these in your house, or Idutchok, as it's known in Irish, and in these pay-per-views, it often seems to be a stopgap between the, the feud along the way. So even though Austin Undertaker is our main event here, and the main feud, it's not really about Austin Undertaker, it's about yeah. Austin and Heart Foundation. How about Steve Austin getting chokeslammed, though, with his jeans? Did you see that shit? I did, I did. I've christened it the Luigi chokeslam, because <laughs> the legs kind of flutter a little bit afterwards, <laughs> like, you know? The set... The front door. I, I've only noticed it now on, in your house. Yeah, I think they didn't have the set quite as big in um, it, yeah, Revenge it's more of the Taker. Here, yeah. It's a much bigger, nicer kind of house they've got on the top of the ramp. Well, I don't know. Something about that symbol. It was very, very off-putting. Like baddies from Pokemon or something like that. Like, I didn't like it. What, the Undertaker symbol? No, on the front door, there's this, like, circular thing. Oh, like, yeah, the big glass, like, window, whatever that is. Is like, this is Manchester speaking that I'd feel very unsafe if that was the front door in my house? <laughs> I'm just saying, like... Oh, no, it's a big, big event here. We're in Richmond, Virginia. Home of the Guar Bar. And the reason why it's a big day is that it is Mother's Day. Aww. So we expect lots of 
talk of mothers here tonight on commentary, I assume. But no, the World Wrestling Federation seemingly has forgotten about all of its mothers. Sorry, just to pin on something for a second there. Guaba? Yeah. What's a guaba? You know guar? It's a bar for guar! Yeah! Oh my god! <laughs> I know, right? I didn't know that was a thing! I know, guar gay. It's it's a, it's a special <laughs> bar for guar. <laughs> it rhymes, so that's a pretty solid business model. That is literally why I'm they concerned. opened it. Yeah, yeah. guaba. Guar, have you thought of opening a bar? And they think, well, we were going to sell this car, you know? <laughs> Uh, that would be too far, though. Yeah. <laughs> I remember in uni when me and our friend Isaac bought like a metal magazine and the barcode next to it had a little arrow and it said, Oi, newsagent, scan this here, Guar code. <laughs> <laughs> a picture of the guy from Guar. That's something that I don't think anyone in America is going to get, though, is it? The, the, the concept of there being a dialogue between a magazine and, and the, the newsagent. Because the, the Beano would always yeah. be like, Oi, newsy, you know? Oi, where's me free sweets? Like, you know? Has Newsy nicked your sweets? Have they nicked your refreshers? <laughs> Give them a thick ear then. Yeah, you don't want to uh, brisk telling off from odorous you rungus. <laughs> Oddly here tonight on commentary, Vince McMahon is nowhere to be seen. It's JR and the King. Yeah, and it sounds like there's been a bit of a tragedy from what we can gather. Like, Yeah, right at the end of the show. We might as well say it here because it comes so out of left We're not field. ending the episode with it. No, like. it's like, and just so you know, after the end of the main event... An old woman has passed away. Right? You know, that's just not really how you want to end an episode no. of a podcast. Rose Anderson. Rose Anderson. Yeah, at, randomly, right at the end. I'm talking, this is like post-Angle, post-Austin getting his heat back and all that. Post-Thanos scene after the credits. Yeah. Like, at the very end. Vince McMahon and his family wish Rose Anderson and her family well. She passed away. And uh, Rose, we'll miss you dearly. Thank you for everything. Rose Anderson, we did a Google of. Yeah, not a lot of mentions of her out there, but there was one or two places that cited her as being Vince's mother-in-law, so you'd have to assume Linda's mother. Right, like, okay. so, which yeah. would maybe explain the lack of Vince on commentary. I like, think so. This is less uh, let's let's try out this obviously much better commentary team. Mm. It's yeah. more of Vince has got obligations. Yeah. Weird Vince missing a fucking show like for something like that. Yeah, it is, but I mean it's Mother's Day and it's his wife's mom, so I guess of all the <laughs> If it wasn't Mother's Day, he would have been like, ah yeah, no, 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 no. Alright, you got me with the twofer, pal. Okay, I'll give you that. Like they're stackable buffs, I'll give you that. Like. So JR and the King talking about our main event here tonight. They they keep saying it's gonna be a cold day in hell because Steve Austin is a rather cold blooded individual, you could say quite frankly. And Jim Ross has pointed out that he is the toughest SOB many of us have seen. <laughs> oh, there's a moniker right there. But Gorilla Monsoon says he's seen someone tougher and we gotta believe him, folks, so... <laughs> we gotta wait a while before we're absolutely sure there's no one else tougher <laughs> doing a very big study on this. King hopes that Ken Shamrock's had lots of kisses as well, which yeah. is nice to know. Yeah, because he's after stepping in the ring with Vader, he's never going to see his wife or four children again. Wow. Ain't no one ever going to kiss you when Vader's done with you, Shamrock. <laughs> his wife would be like, oh, come here. Like, I don't want to kiss that. Like, you know? <laughs> now, and this is, that's pretty much mind games right there, because no one loves a snog more than the world's most dangerous man. Like, True you know? that. He's, uh, he's big into his kisses. They run down the very short cards. Not yeah. that uh, we're, we're going to go on again about how delighted we are that they managed to be a wrestling show. That is an hour 45. Oh, It's oh. lean. It is lean. Look, episodes of Game of Thrones longer than this now. Honestly. Like, <laughs> uh, current media, take a look back 22 years ago. This is how you do it, like, digestible. 
Although we are starting things off with a completely random, unbuilt-up, non-feuds, no reason for this, Flash Funk taking on young boy Hunter Hearst Helmsley, me, Triple H. No Funkettes here tonight. No, they're gone, apparently. Yeah, they're released. Although, when you get released, I think they should either owe it to you to say nothing. Yeah, they just know? say, oh, they're not here tonight. Mm. Yeah, they go, Vampires oh. are coming back. Yeah, they go, oh, well, they're scared of China, so they don't have jobs they anymore. The company. <laughs> we fired them and then we said that they were scared. Like, yeah. And they still kept them on the Titantron. Like, on the video behind Flash Funk, there's the Funkettes dancing away with them and everything. Like. And once the screen is so big that there's life-size Funkettes dancing either side of Flash Funk, they're like, well, I mean, we don't need them. Right? We've got the copy. Like. Yeah, unfortunately, Todd Pattengale won't be able to make any more hilarious Oreo jokes, I guess. But, uh, you know, you, you live and learn, you know? So we get introduced to our commentators who are out here tonight. Obviously, JR and King. We toss over to the Spanish announce team where something's gone wrong with Tio Santana. Did you see this? No. He's had a malfunction. It's like, and here's Carlos Cabrera and Tito Santana. It's like, buenas noches. And he's like, yo, Carlos, Carlos is all doing all the talking. Bam, 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 bam. And Tio's just like, Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah, literally staring off. Like like Alan Partridge when he's heard someone made a pectoral joke or something that's not quite accurate and mm. you can't stop thinking about it. Tito is staring into the void with like this tiny little smile. Is he thinking about Vince's mother-in-law? <laughs> <laughs> a lot in his mind, like. But for the whole segment, like. Like, I think the best way to class whereabouts Tito Santana is right now is miles away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I would love to hear the absent-minded commentary on this in Spanish like when Tio's like just not into any of the matches tonight yeah. like and also then we cut straight to that French team with Ray Rougeau and they they fucking bring the energy they, yeah they bring the thunder like they cut a promo on the French audience like. I was honestly just part of me was like you know what I wouldn't mind listening to this in the old French like switch it over yeah no build at all for this one, folks. Like whatsoever. I mean, we still have Triple H feuding with Goldust. I think they've kind of finished up that feud now. Yeah, and Goldust's not going to be here tonight, right? No, I don't think we have any Goldust match. So, do you want to have a quick chat now about Goldust coming out? Yeah, so... Oh, we've had this now, have we? There's been a coming out. Okay. And they, they'd already had the bit where King was like... Queer! Yeah, that happened ages ago I now. Said it in a word. So, we've already established that Goldust is not queer, according to WWF, and according yeah. to himself... But then they started billing for like a couple of weeks on Raw, like, oh, we want to stay tuned for next week. Gold Dust is going to be coming out, so to speak. Like, and it, and it may not be what you think it is, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> it, it may be actually something different uh, uh, to what you may be thinking right now. Because uh, it's a very deep story that we're telling, that we've already fucking told. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you know what it is? It's literally Ellen came out. Ellen DeGeneres came yep. out on the Ellen show. And it was like, ah, big thing. Because, you know, I think as far as in terms of, like, high-profile coming yeah. out, like, you know, a, a, you know, not even anywhere near the peak of her career. Like, mm. it was quite a, a big thing. So it was getting a lot of attention. And it was literally, like, trying to steal the thunder. And they did this sit-down interview with JR and Goldust and Terry. And it was a really good interview from the sense that, like, they established that Goldust hasn't spoken to Dusty Rhodes in four years, mm -hmm. which is mm. actually, that's true and kind of sad. And he's like, I know you're watching, Dad. I just want to say, 
I love you, Dad. And I'm mm. sorry you won't talk to me no more. And I hope I make you real proud, Dad. So he's he's being Dustin. Yes. Yeah. And Dustin, Marlene yeah. is being Terry as well. Like right. they're completely out of character, just shooting is the shit. Like, painted up or no, 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 no. actual Dustin. Like, yeah, he's dressed. He's he's dressed in a way that might make you think he was going to carry a placard with him, like mm. later yeah, Goldust. Yeah. But when the end comes in, and they're like, "But Goldust coming out, so to speak." What do you mean by that? And they're like, "Oh well, you know, he's not he's not gay." Like you know. We've already established that. But not just, gay. Just to um, reiterate, I'm yeah, still not, not gay. gay. Like they tried to do a thing, it didn't really work. Where Goldust was like, when I started to do the gimmick, and this was true. When he started to do Goldust, Razor didn't want to work with him. Razor Ramon, yeah. Scott Hall, Friday refused to work with him, and the angle he thought was really creepy. And it was. I mean, the first Goldust angles were pretty fucking lecherous. Like they were by their own admission preying off the fact that like oh you're homophobic at home so you're going to find this uncomfortable mm. yeah, and that, that was what the gist of it was it's like look at this man being infatuated with another man isn't that weird yeah so he talked about how he's really upset that he wasn't able to have a match with scott hall and someone refused to work with him and it was really insulting because of how hard he worked and then he goes like but you know man i mean kind of um you know like gay people and um sending me letters and kind of you know all the stuff that i get it man you know i get it well, if the best way the WF can put it into words is gay people and all that sending me letters and like, you know, man, I get it. Like, what, are they upset with you? Are they happy with you? What is there to get? Like, hey, gay people can write letters. I get it, man. You know, like, what is it? Like? I think it's meant to be that because he's been refused to work with by Scott Hall, he's now saying that he's walked a mile in the gay community's shoes and he knows what it's like to be judged. Oh, right. For people to not want to be associated with you because of your orientation. Right, like, in the way that Mark Henry really reached out to the transgender community exactly. like he explained in that documentary exactly, yeah. Kevin, you know? yeah. I, I get it man yeah. you know, I get it. He, he's been there he's lived it well, like. wasn't it Scott Hall put the kibosh on working with him in WCW when he was seven as well Really, I'm pretty sure it was like they were gonna have. It was gonna be like it was gonna be seven versus Hall. I would like, work with seven. He, he, he was like, no, I don't like this. Pedophile. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm Gold pretty sure it was is, Hall again. I, like, oh, don't worry, little Billy. I have a nice long lens <laughs> on my seven-inch camera. Like the sort of the the homophobia and the sort of the gay panic baiting is. Yeah, I can see like how that's dated. Pedophilia is never gonna date <laughs> no. back like that. That's always gonna be bad. I know, hey, you know, Adam. You know what I mean? Like I've been getting the you know, letter and mails from chi- from child molesters, and like you know, I get it, man. You know, <laughs> you know? Oh, and Jim was like, "Hang on a minute, though, Terry. I mean." Seven's not like you know, like a pedophile, is he? And like, oh no, he's definitely not. Like, you know. It's so the poor lad has been saddled with such fucking yeah. shit at the wrong time of his life, mm-hmm. every single step of the way. Honestly, I'm shocked it's not way more offensive than it is, given the time it is. Yeah, and they're literally like trying to capitalize on someone else's parade, mm-hmm. and it's Russo who's probably yeah. pushing for this, and the voice of reason is Jim Cornette, who doesn't want anything to do, I imagine, with having gold dust and stuff like this on telly. So mm-hmm. it's a miracle we didn't get something way goddamn yeah. worse than this. Anyway, he's not here tonight. Triple H is now setting his sights on his mortal enemy, Flash Funk, without his dancers. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he's weak. We can take him now. He hasn't got his backup crew. Triple H, dress up here. Maroon Try, I've called him here. Oh, I love those maroon it's pants. And, uh, of course, coming out here tonight uh, with the ninth wonder of the world, uh, China. Now, what many people don't know is that uh, Johnny Lawler, uh, China, her original name is actually Chine. 
but just by being saddled with Triple H for her career, this extra bit got added on, like, erroneously, which is, uh, she's got to roll with the punches, you know? Uh, that's how it goes. They're not calling her a large bionic woman anymore. They're, they're easing up on that chat a bit. Mm, well, you say that, they do say cyborg female. That's cooler, like, though. Bionic is one thing. Cyborg. Cyborg? Are we just going through all the cool 90s things, like China, the VR trooper, the <laughs> skeleton warrior? <laughs> Street shark. I mean, Triple H here does look kind of like a secret baddie in a Monkey Island game. Like, where at the start, he just seems a bit pompous, but oh, yeah. wait a minute, he's in league with the pirate ghost? <laughs> what type of colony is this? Got a recap of Shotgun Saturday Night where more important matches happen, like Triple yeah. H versus Mankind. Cool. I like that we're building up the world, though, of Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Helmsley got a shiver spoon in his mouth. He had a wrestling tutor when he was three. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, mate, little scoliosis working bumps like when he's three, like. I love that story, though, of being so bred for greatness in wrestling, even from a child, like. Now ride your horse and then wrestle it. (laughs) (laughs) Vacant seats in the front row for the Heart Foundation. Yeah. They're looming over here a lot here, and this is good. They know they're onto something good. That's something hot that people want to say, like. Mm -hmm. So the Heart Foundation has been teased tonight. Crowds. Mm -mm. I don't know if they're. Drinks were watered down the guar bar earlier on, but not very much into this one. I mean, if someone does a cartwheel, I'm not just saying in wrestling, anywhere, mm. that's a, that's a solid round of applause for me. Like you know, yeah. unless there's like some serious other extra circumstances. If I see someone do a cartwheel, either you feel to bust one out right now, you're going to get a, a standing from me. You I would know? hope, yeah. You know, a couple of flowers maybe. Yeah. You know, <laughs> why but, else would you do one? Uh, yeah, right, that, I right. Honestly, know. it's about the glory. Why else would Flash Funk be doing his cartwheels? Mm. And he gets no reaction for a cartwheel. Mm. That's impressive. Sad. I mean, we we saw Flash Funk as Too Cold Scorpio a little bit here. But what did you guys reckon to see him here? This is a longer match. Probably the longest match we'll get to see of of F-Double. I I thought he was really good. I thought he was really good here tonight. And he was like over to a degree as well. There were some sections of the audience that were really actually quite into him. They were really behind him. So yeah. it, was, it was interesting because he wasn't. I don't remember him being particularly uh, over as Two Cold Scorpio. No, because no. he was like in the job squad and yeah. also tagging with Terry Funk. It's so confusing. Yeah. Like, I but mean, he's over here. Yeah, Flash Funk is like it's a pretty great gimmick, you know, in terms of you know anything where there's cool music and dancing and fans like it. Yeah, you know? and it's you know I think he's one of those gimmicks where it's like a honky tonk man gimmick like Coca Man would always say on the indies if uh, if Too Cold wanted to go out there and just wear a hat and coat and dance a little bit he could probably get away with doing that as opposed to having to do 450 splashes which is yeah. why he probably was doing age 50 yeah you know he's a hard ass worker and also allegedly one of the largest penises in wrestling oh yeah so uh, everyone's always gone over Batista uh, yeah true classic real wrestling fans how big is Flash Funk's dick Answer, irrelevant. It's larger than any scale you can think of. (laughs) We get a splash from Flash Funk to the outside and he lands on Triple H and next to, strangely, a very small cup of coffee. (laughs) Just this little (laughs) cup of coffee there. Like that's, you know, back in the day, it's like, oh, no, mats, concrete, small cups of hot liquid. (laughs) I know, that's serious health and safety. That's, you know, the workstation there has got a hot liquid on it. It was very stressful seeing it there. Like, my eyes were glued to that thing. Shine, clocks, flash, funk, and then King starts bigging up Triple H's toilets. 
Yeah. Oh yeah! Pink toilet in his house. He's like, have you ever been around Triple H's house? His toilet needs a lifeguard! <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> so yeah, Triple H, I, you know what, I love this aristocrat gimmick. Mm. Like, I always was taught it was the very silly one where he was just, you know, speaking in a crappy accent. But this one here where he is like a thoroughbred, he's still... Triple H, kind of. Yeah. The story they give him on commentary is better than the gimmick itself, I think. Yeah. Like, them giving the details about him having, like, his, you know, his team of masseurs and trainers and whatnot and his luxury house and all that. That's the really good part of the gimmick, I think, mm. is the backstory. Triple H remains in control for most of this match. China getting in a few cheap shots here, there, and everywhere. Flash Funk makes a bit of a comeback and hits what is best described as a very weird leg drop. Hmm. I, li- I like some of his moves I like the, the heel kicks the leg drops he's doing stuff which for 97 is pretty far ahead of its time oh like. definitely he's got a really cool move set did you uh, did you catch around this point King and his transphobia oh, oh god in, in, in reference to Eddie Murphy oh what, what, yeah everybody said some random so about it he says so King asks if China wears boxers or briefs yep. because she's a man yep. you see and then JR says you'll have to ask Eddie Murphy right in reference to a scandal from uh, it was either the that year or the year before where Eddie Murphy was pulled over by the police and he had a uh, a transsexual sex worker really? in his, in his oh. car. This uh, transsexual sex worker would be dead a year later, and a conspiracy theory was around that she was killed by a fixer of Eddie Murphy. All right, is it like a PR fixer type? Yeah, thing? she was going to come Fuck out and say me. that was actually a relationship here because he denied the relationship because she fell off a roof. Jesus, how, how she, how she? Oh died. my god! Sorry, here I was thinking on. Oh, it was a bit early for the Norbit references. Yeah, here, no, like, no, it's uh, a full on. He was pulled over. And oh, wow, it was a bit a big sort of scandal for him. Hey, oh. this ought to make for a pretty funny joke yeah, when yeah. China's here. Happy Mother's Day! <laughs> oh god. Well, that's the fucking view of Shrek the Third at the window this afternoon then isn't it <laughs> <laughs> a bad taste of the mouth like Flash Funk there's one thing that he does which I don't like which, and he did this in ECW as well and he was a heel in ECW and he would do this thing where he moves his fingers around <laughs> yeah. and it's like oh he's calling for the 450 here we go here we go wait no, you know what he's doing? He's literally winding you up when he does that. He just moves his fingers around, implying mm. he's going to do a... F- he never does this! No. Unbelievable. He does it for like 10 minutes before he even actually considers going for the 450. Because his finisher here isn't even called... It isn't even the 450, which is what he did in ECW. No, he instead goes for the Funky Flash Splash! Dial it up! <laughs> <laughs> funky Flash Splash. Amazing. It misses. Then we get a top rope back suplex by Triple H. Pedigree, which uh, obviously Flash Funk takes very seriously because he has to take a knee and listen to his coach. <laughs> you know, not take a fucking bump. Triple H wins. A very fine match. But fine. Really, like, why would you have... Like, they had the payoff to the Goldust Triple H feud kind of the week before. Yeah. Like, Marlena attacked China with a chain from behind and Goldust attacked him out of the crowd and all that. You know, it was, a, it was kind of a hot bit of angle there. And then they just had this match. 
Well, I, I mean, I because I obviously don't watch the Raws, so I I just had this to go on. I actually really really enjoyed this match. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed both of them, and I I I thought this was a really great match. But I don't. Yeah. I, but I didn't have any of that other stuff of why are they doing this? Yeah, yeah. I was just having. I'll take out the word. There's a feud going on here, yeah. so I'll just I'll just I'll just take the match for what it was. I really enjoyed this match. Do you think that the in your house series they're almost kind of like look don't you don't have to watch Raw to watch these? Definitely. You know, yeah. is that the the route they're taking? I honestly, the more I think about it, the more it is just like in your house is another tv show it's like an, in, in between roars you have another thing which is in your house and they are the same as raw they're there to set up the big feuds and the stories until you get to a big show like king of the ring or SummerSlam, one of their premier shows they would they would see it like the idea of building to a premier show now is such like a lost concept it doesn't happen mm. anymore no when you've got like premier shows every fucking two weeks like but here honestly i think these in your house shows really are nothing special it's just we're gonna put on a slightly bigger card than we would do on raw but even then, it's still raw matches like Flash Funk versus Triple H with no explanation or anything. Yeah, right? it's true. There's a bit of a random feel to some of them. They're, they're still better, though, than the WrestleMania they put out. I, I would <laughs> yeah, agree with true. that. Yeah. yeah, They're more fun to watch. And less technical errors as well. Like, yeah. They seem a little bit more confident in putting these on because it's in a smaller arena or whatnot. Mm. It's not as big a, a risk for them. After the match, China picks up Flash Funk and in great cooperative spirit... Her and Flash together walk over and drop him on his allegedly massive dick yeah. onto the ropes there. So there we go. Very strange now. We get to see lots of footage from the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Okay. This is fucking so weird. They're promoting the pay-per-view for UFC on Raw. Yeah, like. keep talking about it all the time. Like they, they even brought up a graphic at one point like saying the date with the UFC logo. Like, King's it's, furious about yeah. it. <laughs> It's ultimate fucking championship as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would have liked to have, uh, you know, King go full-throated hatred of this like he went with ECW. So, yeah, we get an interview with Kenny Shamrock. And the question I, we've got to ask is, will the attack earlier tonight by Vader and Mankind have an adverse effect on your fight tonight? I'm focused. I'm in my zone. Mankind and Vader will not shake me from my zone. When that bell rings, it's knuckle up time. All right, thank you very much. That's what happened earlier tonight. You see that, Ken? Thank you very much. Uh, we won't bother you anymore. Stay in that zone and best of luck tonight. Yeah, and get ready to get in the twilight zone. That's where Vader's going to knock you to. I'm in my zone. And when I'm in my zone, I'm undefeatable because this is my zone. Now, I'm just saying, Ahmed Johnson, mm. zones are his thing. Right, did he have that first? Yeah. Yeah? You're stepping into his zone. My zone. And I'm coming to get you. You know, <laughs> I don't... Wait, that's his words. Yeah, but he hasn't got the same kind of... You're talking about, like, Ahmed, he says you're stepping into my zone. Ken is saying that's impossible. <laughs> no <laughs> no yeah. one can come into my zone. This Two is different my gimmicks. zone. Wait, are you, are you telling me that Ken Shamrock's zone is his mind palace? It's more of a den. I was, you know, like in yeah. primary school when you're playing a game and it's like, ah, you can't get me, I'm in den. That's what Ken's like with his zone. You can't enter his zone. All oh, right, so the match isn't going to be like Vader going into Ken Shamrock's yeah. mind palace. He's like reading loads of books going, I have many books in here! Damn! It's like Psychonauts or something. <laughs> Ken's mind is a bench at the back of the field. Like. <laughs> 
We get a throwback to Ken Shamrock earlier in some clothes and him in UFC in less clothes, beating up men in more clothes. Oh, I love seeing back in the old school UFC when you get fighters actually wearing a gi in yeah. the cage. That's yeah. so fucking cool. And there's one of them lads as well. He was wearing like the hat and the cape and did the big knee things, <laughs> psycho power, all that, you know, fucking <laughs> unbelievable. There's a guy like. with the mask and the three claws on yeah, the Yeah, <laughs> human cockfighting it was. <laughs> a big like. green fellow with electricity coming out of them. Right, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. Take that shit back to Japan. Right? There's no business in the United States of America. Coming up next, it's Mankind versus Psycho Sid, except he's not here. So Mankind versus... Rocky Maivia instead. Hey, you know what I really feel like we need is we need to hear another promo from Rocky Maivia. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't make me... <laughs> Rocky Big Gulp Maivia. Oh, he, is, he is properly like the squeaky voice teen. Yeah. From the Simpsons. Like... <laughs> Mr. McMahon, I did it again. <laughs> so, Tob is backstage with Rocky Maivia. Obviously, Mankind has a story, but so does the rookie sensation Rocky Maivia. Rock, I want you to take a look at some footage here your debut in the world wrestling federation back at madison square garden november the 17th at the wwf survivor series just unbelievable and then of course you winning the intercontinental title on february in february lowell massachusetts raw thursday raw thursday live unbelievable and then just two weeks ago losing the intercontinental title to owen hart we saw you victorious here in the uh, in the footage and then of course just a couple of weeks ago, losing the Intercontinental title to Owen Hart. Did it come too quickly for Rocky Maivia? Did success come too soon? Yeah, you know what, Todd? Maybe success did come too soon. But at the same time, I've learned a whole hell of a lot here in the World Wrestling Federation. I even surprised myself with the success I've had. Like I said, I've ho- I learned a whole hell of a lot on the way up. I also learned a whole hell of a lot more on the way down. And, and you know what, Todd? This isn't about my destiny. This is about my determination. Rocky Maivia on his way to the squared circle to face Mankind, JR and King, back to you. You got a recap of his debut in Madison Square Garden. Rocky, did success come for you too soon? Yep. Oh, oh someone take him home. Yo, take that fucking earring out of Todd Pettengale. Take that home. Uh. Like. Where are you going with that? Like, I call this look fucking tuxedo with an earring. What, what, <laughs> what is this? What is Just don't this? Let JR see. This is fucking Virgo afterwards in the bar at BBC Television Centre, you know, do a lot of trick shots, like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking do some trick shots out. Bam! You know? (laughs) On the bar, like, you know, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, Rocky is, uh... He's struggling, folks. He's not doing so good. Mankind as well, he is also struggling, although in a kayfabe emotional way, because Uncle Paul... Oh. His face is burned off! He's not been seen for a month. No. Yeah, his face is clean melted. Yeah. It was great. If you look at 97, all the little thumbnails of Raw, like around the next month or so, it's just Paul Barron, slightly less bandages. He's yeah. like the man without a face, and he's the man <laughs> with one eye. It's like slowly we get introduced to new Paul Barron, which is the Paul Barron that brings in Kane and whatnot. So. Well, Ooh. I mean, while we're on the topic of Uncle Paul right now... And I the have, face, yes, please. I have got Journey into Darkness here. So, and my, this is, of course, by uh, Long Island Ice Chi, Michael Chiapetta. Michael Chiapetta. Chi. Um, so as you remembered, last time I forgot to have this on the show, we ended up talking about it on the caption contest, mm-hmm. and we discussed how uh, Revenge of the Taker, according to Michael Chiapetta, 
it was an accident that Paul Bearer got hit in the face by a fireball. Undertaker didn't really mean for that to happen. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't mean it to go down like that. Like. So at this moment in time, where we are right now, Kane is currently in Madrid. Okay. Um, <laughs> so he's... Sorry, if, if you've not checked out the Journey into Darkness Bibliotech, it's on our main feed now. You can't. It is. It was a patron exclusive. It is on the main feed. It's in two big chunks put together. Do mm-hmm. check it out. It's mad. It is mad. So Kane's in Madrid right now. Of course. Yeah. Uh, and I believe he'd be fighting in a pitch black room fighting off loads of men I think that's what he ends up doing yeah, in Madrid so, yeah. under the training of the Spaniard if yes. you recall which is the only Spaniard in Spain and meanwhile Paul Bearer is covered in burns all over his face and he looks over himself in the bathroom mirror and frowns because he hasn't got the right chemicals after all oh Ooh. that's the worst after you've had your face burned off the frown isn't it the like, frown you when know? you realise you got the wrong bloody chemicals like. you know I prescribe you of bloody laughs, mate. Yeah, you, know? you a, a pint of Ben and Jerry's, my friend. Rocky coming out. His Titantron is mostly football. And Jr. This phrase here, there's something about it that just like makes my teeth go on edge or something. Rocky Mavia, USA Today All-American Football Player. What the fuck is that like? USA Today All-American Football Player. Is he playing the magazines? Like, what the fuck <laughs> is it like? You were also told he's the first ever third-generation wrestler in the WWF. So don't fuck it up, like. Yeah. I remember as a kid not understanding that whatsoever, but they would talk about it a lot. I remember that gets brought up a fair few times throughout his career. There's something about this where it really had the vibe of kind of like parents bringing down a nervous child. Yeah. Look at him in his smart new low, lovely waistcoat that yeah. he's on, and he's pissed himself. No, sing the song. Yes. Sing it, sing um, it, girl. No <laughs> <laughs> See, so yeah, because the rocks come in here nervous. They've just pointed out like he's not getting on so well. Yeah. Fucking big accolades here. He's been married for one week today, folks. Intercontinental champion. And also, last week, it was his birthday. So there we go. Big day for Rocky Mavia. Why does he look so sad then? Oh, It's like, it's so much pressure. Pressure, yeah. pressure. Yeah. Isn't it? Like, it's the type of pressure that just destroys most people in their 20s. Like. It's going to be interesting, like, watching, like, the switch just be turned on yeah yeah because there's going to be a moment where we're just going to be able to he's just going to go right okay fuck all of this was he there at 14 because he was heel at 14 not quite it was like a couple of months after he was a damn sight better than this at 14 like that's where he came up with if you smell what the rock is cooking like he was still a bit of a a cocky heel yeah he had jennifer flowers in the room though aka the muse yeah of course you'd inspire all of us to come up with amazing absolutely like Rocky Maivia in the ring with Mankind. This is so weird in a card where we also have The Undertaker and Steve Austin. This is kind of like preview of what you're going to be getting yeah. Yeah. in the next year. Although the dynamic is so strange with Mankind as the dominating heel and Rock is the kind of the rookie, you know? Mm-hmm. Rock's dropkick, fuck me. Oh, that is piss poor, mate. It doesn't count if you only get one leg up. like One foot slop kick is what uh. I called it. Rock's got cool logos on his elbow and knee pads, though. Does he? Yeah, they're like little buttons you click on in Carta to learn more. <laughs> I like it. It's good. Great sign here, which I then focused much of my attention on. A cold day in hell with a hot can of whoop oh, I remember, yeah, I saw that sign. Mm, now, what's that all about now? I mean, I would want a cold can of whoop-ass, right? Well, it depends on what whoop-ass is. I mean, I'm assuming whoop-ass, if it was to be a beverage and not just hypothetical, it wouldn't be like, throw me a couple of warm cans. What do you get in a warm can that's oh, nice? Oh, 
No, if you remember, back in the early 2000s, I think they had to stop these because they were dangerous, but you used to be able to get a can of coffee that had, like, a button on the bottom, and you pressed it, and it would go, like, <laughs> and start heat, and it would go, like, scaldingly yeah. hot, like... That's that, so scary! Yeah, there's a reason they're not around no more. <laughs> like, <laughs> they just shoot the coffee out at high pressures right into your mouth. Bomb, like. I just made me imagine, like, Austin doing the whole beer gimmick with, like, McDonald's coffee, like... <laughs> Too <laughs> so yeah King starts talking mess about the Rock's family he's like I'm so sick and tired about hearing third generation this his dad was Rocky Johnson and all his granddad his dead granddad Peter Mavia I don't care about his family and Jim Ross is like you want to talk about your kids he's like silence no <laughs> mm, no I do not oh god Speaking of family, though, JR says, well, in the new WWF magazine, Mankind said that he is a loving father. A loving father to what? <laughs> Presumably children, you would, you would have to think. Like. He does early. He did, that probably did a ringside. Mm. That's Noelle in the crowds. Oh, yeah. she is. The young young girl. Girl. They show her and she's covering her face at one point. Yeah. Oh, I think it's ugly like, face. I, I think it's mainly she's covering her eyes when Mick starts tearing out his own hair and yeah. being really God. intense like yeah, he's he, really intense tonight it is match. it's really intense and I think like if you look at the long term effects of that like if you are as a young kid exposed to stuff like that you will date a fucking, fucking clown I knew, yeah. that, I knew we couldn't bring up Noel Foley without the clown getting mentioned yeah <laughs> it, it like must be it must be weird as a like a girl as old as like Noel is there yeah to like say there's my dad and he's like nice normal dad and then coming to his place of work and seeing this man making pig squealing noises, so ripping weird. his hair Everyone out, booing being him. horrific. Like it must be like weird as a young child to yeah. see that. Because yeah. it's one thing if it's like, you know, when you're he's cuddly McFoley in ninety nine, like and he's like kind of sock puppet and nice and funny. It's like he's a scary, scary character. Yeah, he ain't no fun here. No, like. he's not fun at all, and he's like, he's a scary character who is like not like scary to adults he's more scary to kids you know he's the type of character that I think would have been like if they wanted to do Mankind in like the Hogan era it would have been told it was too too much like oh too yeah scary, definitely, definitely. You know? not kid friendly enough to do that brawl outside and then we get it once again I can't believe it we're seeing it the Yoranagi he hit it from young Dwayne the Yoranagi Johnson I can't believe it what is really fun about this match is the grunts sound so much like WWF Warzone would do it's a proper combination of and little tiny rock going oh oh he's making his turtle noises the rocks noises Adam fuck well we do get a grunt of the night here (laughs) when they're fighting on the ramp all this is, not a big move, not a slam or anything. Rock just hits Mick with the right hand. I think this is purely nerves, because he sounds yeah. like a robot, and he goes... <laughs> just off a punch. Just like his dad. Mankind collapses mid-Irish whip, which is, uh, I don't know if that's like former function or like, you know, actual he's in pain. He's got mm. fucked up knees at this point in time, you know? It's hard to know with Mick. Well, yeah, with Austin, when he does it, you know it's part of the gimmick. With Mick, it's just like, oh, you're right. Should yeah. we stop the match? Because the, the gimmick is him being sore all the time. Yeah. A snooker-like crossbody by Dwayne The Rock Johnson here. Uh, snooker-like is referred to as this crossbody that he does, mm. which uh, he rolls through and ends up in prison. Oh, wait, no, it got reversed. <laughs> Mankind gets the mandible claw and picks up the win. And for one of the first times ever, I believe, in the podcast, we get to hear the happy yes, outro yay. music. Love it. Really so sweet. Laura Palmer's theme, like. <laughs> oh, Jim Johnson. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. 
What did you think of this one? Good. It's a good little match. Yeah. Like, yeah, better fun. than I expected. Rocky wasn't very good, but mm. Mick very much made up for that, and I did very much enjoy the finish of being catching him in the mandible claw. Yeah. How weird is it to see a match where it's the young guy with Mick Foley, and the job is for the young guy to give Mick Foley a dominant win? Because, you know, the Mankind did pick up wins at this point in time, which is like, we're not used to seeing Mankind ever win. Yeah. Like, you know? Weird, the dynamic is so different. Rock being used to buttress Mankind. King kind of takes it a little bit too far. I feel so bad for Rock at the moment. I'm not sure if that's going to help with a heel turn that I feel so bad for him. Where King goes, come on, Jim Ross, talk about his dead granddad looking down at this punk kid. (laughs) (laughs) So implying that his granddad is in heaven. Yes. But has the capacity to be disappointed. Yes, exactly. Up there in heaven going, God, what a rubbish time this is. Got a recap of Nation of Domination member Crush, the convict, having an own his own little gauntlet match. Mm-hmm. Except his two competitors that he took on. The first two were Ham and Egger, Boney Jabronis. The last one, though, he was coming to the ring straight from his goddamn zone. It was Ahmed Johnson out there. Dre- How was he dressed in he, this? He was dressed in a. He had a, a, a Green Bay Packers. Hoodie on, yeah, and, and a, a stocking, or a stocking, a stocking over, his over his head. I think, yeah, something like that. Right, I'm excited now because this is the big angle that I've been so invested in. Yes, yeah. yes. Fucking Ahmed Johnson, the challenge that was laid down allegedly in South Africa. The quality of the footage was quite poor, so we're not really sure the the nature of it. But I believe he will relinquish or abolish the nation of domination if Ahmed Johnson can defeat Savio Vega, Crush, and Farouk in a gauntlet match. And I'm excited because this is a big feud. I love Ahmed. Problems with the nation's verbiage and whatnot, but as a sight, love it. And in ring, they're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the low energy nation domination here tonight, though. Yeah, PG-13, not into this. Like, In fact, it's, it kind of reflects on the whole nation because they all just kind of trundle out like, mm. nation domination, go ba do ba da bo PG-13, and I want to go home. <laughs> nation domination they were spoken to shortly before this that's like a word in the ear and they're pissed off now oh yeah i don't know they're just so low energy Hmm. i took it as because all of them are pretending to have an injury well like so that's the way i read into it like crush has got a cold (laughs) savio has got a sprained ankle savio i think legitimately does have a sprained ankle fruit still got the separated shoulder so i was going into that as they're doing that as a sort of a psychological thing to Ahmed. Like he's gonna think he's gonna like just breeze through this, but yeah. actually none of them are actually. There's nothing wrong with them. That's why I. I, like I that. That's my interpretation. Like that. Okay, entrance. the low energy then. As yeah. well. It isn't it then just Wolfie D's hung over like a motherfucker as he looks a little bit like he's not showered in a week here coming out. Why not both? Yeah. Right. Why not both? I do like that Farouk is, is such good fortune that he broke the shoulder, like the correct shoulder, and is still able to do the the taunt with everyone yeah. else. Because you know how important it is to him. Even if his arm was broken, he'd fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and he means less. <laughs> <laughs> Backstage, Tot Gale with AJ, Ahmed Johnson, who is wearing a snoring strip. <laughs> He's got a little nasal strip on him. I just... The Ahmed promos leading up to this. Like, Vince McMahon... I think Vince McMahon at points think Ahmed Johnson is one of the biggest stars with potential ever. And then there's times when Ahmed, they throw to him back and on Raw doing a promo, and Vince is literally like... 
All right then, you know. <laughs> yeah. The, the week before this, they they goes Ahmed. You've accepted the challenge of the nation of domination, and you'll be facing them three on one. What are your thoughts on this? And Ahmed's like, What do you want me to do? I was in a gang. I've got. I've been in a gang. I know what this is all about. They want to kill me. I'm gonna kill them. And then he's like, Well, we've heard enough about that, ladies and gentlemen. Moving on now. What like? What do you want from him? Yeah, that's mm. what. That's the speed he knows. Yeah. Like, that, but, but as well, that they've obviously told him that that's what they want because that's what's been written in the storyline that the nation have made reference to. Yes. So they they you can't have your cake and eat it. That's what like that's what Vince is trying to do. He's like, I, I want you to mention all of this stuff, but don't mention any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So what what do you want Ahmed to do? I mean, the, he's given it the intensity. You know, he it really is. I mean, the line here he uses in this promo: "Someone's going to the end." <laughs> to the end. <laughs> to the end. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Dilo Brown here. Can we just point out that gentleman? Oh, he's looking he's very snazzy. Very ornate, isn't he? Yeah. He's like leveled up or something. Got like. the gold vestments and stuff. D'Lo looks... stone has been used on him. He's evolved <laughs> up. Like. Are we going to see D'Lo wrestle at any point this yes. during the season? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Good you better recognise. And some great matches as well. Oh, excellent. Him. So, good yeah, I'm very excited about that. So, Gorilla Monsoon comes out at the start of this one for some diffusion of the confusion. He bars the rest of the Nation of Domination, which is really funny. He's like, no, you, you, I'm looking at all of you right in the kisser. Get out of here. You have no business being out here. Get out of here. Jamie Ice just goes, ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Savio doesn't go ivory. just stares at him for a second before he goes. Like, like, what do you want me to do? You have to go now. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> Savio Vega, the team player. So we start things off. It is Ahmed Johnson taking on Crush. Uh, this is amazing. This is if, like, kind of, I don't know. You got two Transformer robots who've decided, let's do this in our vehicle forms, you know, just bop into each other, (laughs) you know. Who needs limbs? They punch the shit out of each other. This is full-on potato mania, like. Did you see that scissors kick Ahmed Johnson did to him? Did I? Because this is where we get our second grunt of the night. (laughs) Our second one! Ahmed, the young prospect here now. That gigantic... Gigantic scissors kick he hits on Crush is accompanied with a big Godzilla like. <laughs> like as he slams on him. <laughs> That's at 3932. It's fucking hideous. Ahmed's got some serious kaiju grunts, hasn't he? He does. Like, he's, he, is, he is a kaiju. He's a big, scary man. He's meant like. to be destroying half of Osaka. He's not going to be resting the nation of domination. <laughs> what is this shit like? Yeah, I don't know. There's something about Ahmed doing the scissors kick. Like. Every time I see someone do a scissors kick, I ever see like Alicia Fox, she started doing it way back yeah. in the day, and I was like, whoa. But at least, like, Alicia Fox, there's only so much weight her very long, albeit slender leg could do. Ahmed Johnson doing that, that's like two tree trunks being dropped off a roof yeah. on you. Yeah. Like, that's fucking horrible. Mm. They talk about how Ahmed grew up in an abusive household, how he was in a gang, and they're kind of... Like trying to make out they don't really go into the story enough though I think they're trying to say like the reason why Ahmed's been targeted is because he's like disavowing the idea of being in a gang and gangs are just violence and we don't need that but I don't think Ahmed's got the verbiage and I don't think the writers have got the fucking clue to actually write this in properly mm. you can't have like a, this guy being targeted by this black militant gang and then be like oh yeah he was in a gang once and not fill in those blanks yeah, yeah. More. Written by a bunch of white guys in Connecticut, like obviously. Yeah. Yous was in a gang. Oh, cool. What's that mean? I don't know. <laughs> You're black. You were in a gang. Didn't you see boys in the hoods? Uh. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm really happy that 
guns never come into this. Jesus Christ. There, yeah. but, for the, but for the Graysons, the lack of tact of Brian Pillman, yeah. we've never had that. But you know for a fact they would have tried it. They didn't try guns with Pillman. They would have definitely done it with this yeah. nation yeah. storyline. No way they wouldn't Jesus. have. The nation of domination stand ominously on the ramp. Which is kind of like a house viewing, but none of the estate agents have shown up on time because it's Saturday and they've not accounted for time on the traffic, have they? Everyone just stood out there looking like idiots. Like. Oh, because of the house on the top yeah. of the ramp. I wondered what the fuck you were on about. You're, I forgot there's a big house at the top of the estate. You know, you're about to do house views. That's in your future, mate. Like, you know? Oh, I didn't know there'd be traffic at fucking 2 p.m. on a Saturday in Manchester city centre. Why didn't you know that? Why didn't you know that? The look he's given me. Or they'll turn up, or they'll, you'll turn up to the property, they don't, you ring them to find out where they were, and then they uh, just say, oh, sorry, somebody already said yes to the house, uh, we forgot to tell you, and you've walked an hour out your way. That happened to oh, us. That's yeah. depressingly accurate as well, it's so real. Yeah, like one of those times where I was doing house viewings, and it was literally like the twilight zone, everybody rang up and going, sir, I've got a viewing for this house now at 2pm, like what, 25 Liverpool Street, yeah. That house has been rented for two years. <laughs> you, you go there and it's, Imagine it's you that rented it. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a more scary sentence in this notebook I've got than Reverse Falcon Arrow by Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> I'm going to pick you up and drop you on your face. Oh, cool. Well, Crush is nice and nimble. Just so you guys both know, this is chronic Crush, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Looks a lot better here, doesn't it? Mm. Before he started turning into stone, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Dressing up like a dirty bin man is a much better look than dressing up like a dirty S&M performer. Like, mm. you know. I suppose so, yeah. Someone who's not really into a property for the right reasons. It shows you that marijuana is clearly bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a slippery slope, isn't it? Because he starts off, he gets loads of like Oxycontin and painkillers found in his boot of his car. He gets arrested at the airport and they incorporate it into a storyline here then he's on that w-e-e-d in w-c-w-e-e-d and all of a sudden it's chronic you know no maneuverability can't wrestle (laughs) harmless i don't know i'm just saying you were you were talking to stephen richards you should have been talking to frank mate (laughs) (laughs) there's a reference for everyone Crush starts gesturing to the Nation of Domination. I don't know, he wants like Advil or something like that. Like, yeah, what the know? fuck? Yeah, he's got Ahmed on the ground. He's like, come on, guys, it's like time to kick the shit out of him. And I'm like, no, that's not how this works. And he starts doing like, a little gesture. Like, nation come on. Domination. Come on, guys. Like the song, and they just ignore him. Goes for the heart punch, gets reversed into a heel kick by Ahmed, and Crush is eliminated. Out next, Savio Vega and his incredibly hurt ankle. Damn! You haven't seen my final form yet. I have a hurt ankle. <laughs> He's walking down the ramp like Shadow at the end of Homeward Bound. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so sad. <laughs> Jim Ross tries to vaguely big up WWF pay-per-view and he goes, no one else has got the ability to give you pay-per-view quite like the WWF. WCW have that capability. And are on a hot streak at the moment. And are on a bit of a hot streak. They do, but they don't have the ability like the WWF do. I mean, the quality of the pay-per-views. That's true. The quality of the customer service on the phone line when you order the pay-per-view. It's just when Savio Vega with a hurt ankle is coming out to the ring. (laughs) That's not the point to be like, banner moment, (laughs) boo! 
can't wear grace. <laughs> Only in the WWF. Yeah, I know. The boyhood dream has come true. Savio Vega is not going to be performing to your already low expectations. <laughs> and I feel bad for hating on Savio for so long because he's actually really good. He's a he's a good hand, I think, is. is the description for him. Like I, He is like a Jeff Jarrett in that. I think just the concept of him, I thought, was a bit poison mm. from mm. being a kid. It's like... Oh, what you're watching some 1996? Are you going to watch some Savio Vega? Are you? Like it's kind of like it's a punchline, you know. Yeah. And usually people who make those jokes like me hadn't watched much of it, like yeah. you know. I mean, Savio Vega is a good guy. He stopped Santa Claus, and now he's trying to make some domination. So quite the career. Watching Savio work on a hurt ankle though is not very fun. No. Well, I, I think he, I think he, it's he's just selling it. Because really? Because he, he goes outside the ring and starts doing jumping jacks. Like he, 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 I didn't even know. He, like that. he goes outside the ring and he starts like jumping around on his ankle and just like just jive in and then just goes back in the ring and then he doesn't sell the ankle anymore. So I think this is all the work. I don't think Crush okay. has a cold either. I see. You reckon? I think I, all three of these are a work. So you reckon that's just Crush is generally just flemmy, kind of yeah. like generally speaking, yeah. like no more so than normal. Really, is what he was there. Did we get a gloop of the night tonight, Kevin? No, it's still carryover from Mankind's Damn. beard last episode. I'm afraid. Still there. Uh, and then Johnson goes up top. Uh-oh. <laughs> Don't do that, mate. Get down from there. He takes a bump from the ring post, which is fucking horrible. Like, just... Ahmed just has such reckless abandon. Like, you know, he has more reckless abandon than Mick Foley, because at least Mick Foley knows the parts of his body that can absorb it. Yeah. yeah. Ahmed's like, ah, the load-bearing neck joint. This would yeah. be a good place to land. Like. He's so Plus, big. Mick's so soft. Yeah. Ahmed is all muscle, hard muscle. So That's true. It's gonna, yeah. like, you're not going to be able to absorb any shock or anything. Like Mick Foley, his saving grace, he said many times, is he's got big duck butt like yeah. you know the, the mm. big arse that's what helps him you know you land a, that's why Hank Hill could never work yeah. you know he could never work he never taken bumps he never left his feet like he, we started in the Ireland territory and said you're a big man you <laughs> said propane propane accessories you should never leave your feet like you know and of course as well we all know that uh, Bud Strickland he broke his leg on the first day of training as well to break him into the business so <laughs> you know what anyone's saying that propane was fake <laughs> Outside, Savio hits Ahmed Johnson with a chair over and over and over again. I believe it's a DQ in that case. Yes. Ah, it's a trick though, isn't it? Good strategy that is, Savio. So Farouk saunters to the ring and he's got a kick-ass shoulder. It's so great. Yeah. He's doing yeah. all the taunts of the moving it around, having great times with his shoulder. Get a spine buster from Ahmed Johnson to Farouk and the crowd explodes. Lovely sell as well because Farouk's right leg is just vibrating. Great sell from Farouk. Farouk is like really over as a heel. People want to see him get beat up. Yeah. And I don't know, because Farouk, like, when we saw him, he was so low energy and peered out, like, you know, him and, like, Mr. Farouk versus The Rock, and, like, everyone just felt bad for him. And he's such a nasty heel here. Crowd really want to see Farouk get his comeuppance. Pearl River plunge by Ahmed, but he just can't get the pin in time, and Farouk kicks out at like the last second. The heat for that. People are not happy about Farouk kicking out of the PRP. And me and Adam were watching this one together, and we were like, oh man, is Ahmed Johnson going to be taking the fucking Dominator here? No chance. There is no way that Farouk, even if he wanted to, even if it was a planned finish, there's no way Farouk could do it, so... Oh my god, he manages to pick up Ahmed and slam him down for the Dominator and oh. not kill him or himself. It's 
one of the most impressive things yeah. I've ever seen on the podcast, I think. That is a difficult-ass move to do on even Matt Hardy. Yeah. Never mind Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, like. the, the only other person you did to that convincingly was, like, Crash Holly. Like, yeah. You know? God, Farouk fucking farm strong and Jim strong hair. He's got yeah. it all in him. So, yeah, he pits the Dominator. The Nation of Domination pick up a win here. So there's dissent in the Nation, but they have been victorious here. Yeah. And Ahmed is left... You know, at the end of his quest, fruitless. I wonder if this was a kind of a late change. I don't know. What do you mean? As in, like, it's been building up for months. And yeah. Months and months and months and months but and months. Are you saying that you thought the plan was originally for Ahmed to win? I think so. Oh, I never expected you that reckon? at any point. No, mm. I still feel like... Honestly, the way this is going right now, it still feels to me like they're setting up the nation for Farouk to go after the title at some point. Ah. To, to, the, the, like, because you say he's so over as a heel right yeah. now. It feels to me that naturally when they're done with Ahmed Johnson, Farouk's going to go for the belt. And I would have loved to have seen him get the belt as well. There, there's like. been two months of dissension in, in the nation. Yeah. Now, mm. Which makes you think that it is coming to an end. Because there was dissension at the end of their match last time. Yeah, in, in Revenge of the Taker, there's d- dissension here with them not listening to Crush, yeah, and, and stuff like that, and so it made me think maybe this is not necessarily gonna be the end, but very close to like yeah, because we had on- Nation 3.0 in, in our season one. I yeah. think there is a Nation 2.0 where we get rid of some people. I know Kama Mustafa has got to come back oh, in at yeah. some point, you know, and I know that you know Rocky Maivia is going to join as well. So I, I guess there may be a rebrand of the nation on the horizon here. But it's weird because it just kind of feels at times for me that the purpose of the nation is to get Ahmed Johnson over because Ahmed, mm. he has those big, you know, if you to pick an obvious number two or number three after Austin and Undertaker, it's Ahmed Johnson. Like he is very much that Chris Jericho type yeah. of spot where it's like he gets the big pops, mm. he makes the save. He's got you that know. big bum that's always popping out. It's like, true, yeah. yeah. Oh man, he really can't keep that thing in there, can he? We should see. Yeah, has there ever been a match of Ahmed Johnson's? Billy, you surely noticed this. His bum—it's always out. Like, I have not noticed this. His pants are far too small, like four sizes we're, too we're, small. We're big Show in it. Yeah, exactly. But Big Show, like it happened once, and then they were like, no, 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 yeah. no, burn those pants. <laughs> Ahmed is every week on Raw. His pants—he comes out looking fine, looking like a wrestler. By the end of the match, he's wearing a thong. Like it mm. always happens. I think it's like he's got this kind of like Rob Liefeld image comics type vibe to him, like where you just see he's so muscular he explodes out of his clothes, and I think they like that. Yeah, honestly, it's a nice bum. It's they, a big bum. It's a peachy boy, like yeah. you know. I mean, they they could. Fix it if they wanted to. They could. And Ahmed surely knows about it. you got to think the Sultan's backstage looking at this like, hmm, that's not Give a bad idea. idea. Yeah. yeah, right. Although Ahmed in genie pants like the Sultan has, they do a pants swap. <laughs> they look great on him. That's though, true. You know? Greetings from the future. It may be a cold day in hell there, but it's an unseasonably warm, overcast day in the future. It's time for a caption contest. It's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin, settling alongside Adam Caption Biblo himself. Hello. How are you doing today, huh? Good. I'm ready to dive into these captions. Some delicious captions. Hey, the caption contest is brought to us by our very beautiful friends in the podcast family of Wrong Wrestling Shirts. Adam, you like a wrestling t-shirt much like myself. Love them, Kevin. You like a tote bag? Love them, Kevin. And where do you put that coffee? In a mug, Kevin. In a mug? Well, if you like wrestlers, specifically wrong wrestlers, then you need to head over to teespring.com 
youtube.com forward slash stores forward slash wrong dash wrestling dash shirts. You can replay that if it's too long or hard for you. <laughs> it's made by Joanna from How To Wrestling. Hey. Who's part of the podcast family. Adam, these are beautiful shirts. They are wonderful, and there are shirts of all your favourite wrestlers on there, and you've really got to see them. Like. Adam, have you ever rolled up to the wrestling show wearing a badass wrestling shirt and someone's come up to you and said, yo, that's a fucking tight shirt you got on there? Yeah, well, like as in, I need to get a slightly bigger one. Like, <laughs> I, I may have packed on a little bit of weight lately, but I, I'd be offended if someone said that now. But hey, you want to be the bell of the ball at the wrestling show. You want to be the person with the best goddamn wrestling t-shirt or tote bag or even a mug. Yep. Rolling up to that wrestling show with a hot mug of coffee like a total badass. If you show up to a wrestling show wearing one of these shirts, you're going to be everyone's best friend. Essentially, we're setting up a fabulous joke. The punchline is teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash wrong dash wrestling dash shirts and if you're interested in having a shout out at the start of the old caption contest head over to patreon.com forward slash a podcast for more information Adam the caption du jour is what it is a picture of Hunter Hearst Helmsley and China looking somewhere off screen and Triple H has got his fingers out in like a little ooh kind of he could be like creeping towards someone he could be reaching for something he could be typing on a keyboard so what he's trying to do there is he's trying to cast burial but he's not high enough level there essentially okay. what happened that's there. your caption that's my caption <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown down here this is before the, the Flash Funk encounter I believe yeah hence Triple H <laughs> giving it the gravitas he feels it deserves <laughs> So we got some here on Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast, where of course you can check out Adam's micro videos, caption contests, and a whole lot more. And we had over 250 entries in this one. The runaway one by far absolutely smashed it all. Where is it now? Ah, here we go. Excellent. So that's uh, very <laughs> good, that one. It's on the, on the nose there. It's very yeah. it's culturally yeah. on the, the, the nose there. Simpsons. Wrestling, or sometimes just Simpsons. Just <laughs> can next month's caption contest just be a picture of Homer Simpson? And the winner is Doe by a landslide. <laughs> The, the phrase we all love to hear. Uh, what do you got over there? You're on the Twitter. Yeah, we've also got some at AE Podcast on Twitter. Of course, as well, Twitter, at AE Podcast. Great place to go to get breaking AE news. For instance, our live show of taking place in London at the London Podcast Festival, September 7th. We announced it there exclusively first. Get your tickets now at King's Place Theatre. It's going to be fun. We've got one here from Burt Cocaine on Twitter who says, Sure, I might offend a few of the blue noses with my cocky stride and musky odour. Oh, I'll never be the darling of the so-called legenda who cluck their tongues, stroke their beards, and talk about what's to be done with this Hunter Hearst Helmsley. The days after 140 characters, like... <laughs> bit of breathing room in that uh, caption contest. So we got Jay Roberts here on Facebook. Just you wait, China. In around 22 years, I'm going to have a mediocre match with Bob Orton's son in Saudi Arabia. Jesus. Video Negative on Twitter says, Basically, the arthritis in my fingers is a result of a serious <laughs> iron deficiency. <laughs> Augusto Bakunin, when JBL tried to explain his search history. That's one from the dark web, folks. Kev McCarran says, you know, they call him fingers, but I've never seen him fing. 
Oh, whoa! It works, because Triple H does just call them things. It's the way he says it, though. He's like, look at the ring on my finger. <laughs> he sounds like the way we say it. A finger, fingers would be a great name for, like, a, a sidekick. Like, if Xbox was renamed Fingers. Yo, Fingers! <laughs> Get him with the X Factor! You know, Give work. him the fingers! <laughs> How about here from Natalie Smurthwaite? Gaze into my crystal ball, China. Is that you with Stephanie McMahon? Eh, don't worry. Basically, mysticism is all a bunch of mumbo-jumbo anyway. This is from Boyd Atkins IV. Ooh, look at me! I'm putting people over! I'm the magical man from <laughs> Turnerland in his little squared circle on Do The Job Lane! <laughs> By the way, I was being sarcastic. Well, duh. You see, we joke about how many Simpsons... We joke about low-effort Simpsons entries. That's a high effort. Yeah, I was going to say, it still works. When it's good, it's good. When there's some penmanship involved, and you've done more than change the... You know, this isn't a Jimmy Hart Simpsons fucking one where it's like, <laughs> Oh, I've just taken the exact quote, baby, but I've changed just enough syllables to make it fucking... <laughs> BOOM! <laughs> Colin Peach, my personal favourite. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash impression competition. <laughs> Triple H with the spooky fingers, China with the stoic boredom. <laughs> Not giving a fuck. <laughs> Nick of Time on Twitter says, Basically, they spend so much time arguing over the Wither 2s and the Y4s and the sun's first light crept over the top of the trees and poof, turned them all to stone. <laughs> yeah, just like that, China. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a beaut right here from JD Renault. Prepare for trouble and make it double <laughs> to protect the world from devastation, to unite all people within our nation, to denounce the evil of truth and love, to extend our reach to the stars above. China, Hunter, Team Rocket blasts off at the speed of light. Surrender now, we're prepared to fight. Who's Meowth? Come on, we need a Meowth. <laughs> diggity diggity dizog, <laughs> that's right! <laughs> Harry Green, my encouraging dad and equally unimpressed stepmother watching my piano recital in year three. <laughs> Shaggy the Ambulance says, You have 13 hours in which to solve the labyrinth before your baby brother becomes one of us forever. <laughs> I oh, would man. love to see a WWE Studios reboot of Labyrinth. <laughs> labyrinth, yes, with uh, Triple H in the titular role. I mean, he's got the crotch for it, hasn't he? Like, you know? Yeah. He really does. He's got the hair, the crotch, the eyes. <laughs> Not sure about the nose, but be that as it may. Ned Peterson Baum here. So I said, whoa, that's a good snap. But once I saw a reaction, I knew it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> that's the most romantic entry we've had in so far. Jesus. Ash Turner says, hey, see that girl Stephanie? I'm going to leave you for her in a few years. Ah, wait, is there a follow-up? No punchline. Ah! <laughs> yeah, that's not nice. Oh, we went right to the bottom of the barrel with that one. Sugar Hill Hanrat, he says, Triple H is about to reach out and put his hands on the basketball from Space Jam. Except this time the ball <laughs> contains booking powers. <laughs> what? Who would you Who would you take that from? Because it's not as if like, oh, all these beloved bookers and writers in the history of wrestling. Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Um, um, what? Um, <laughs> no, no, hang on. No, Dutch Mantel, Dutch Mantel. In, in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Cow was it Cowboy Bill Watts? Is he the, the scary no, one? No, he's racist. He's racist. We don't want him. He had a gun as well, I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you'd get booking power, but you'd probably get such a level of personal defects along the way, like both, you know, of a, of a spiritual nature and otherwise. You'd turn into monsters, quite frankly. You like. wouldn't want that. 
Richie Nee says, Triple H leaving the mouth full of water behind for a mouth full of hummus is the messiest ring entrance to date. <laughs> it's thick. Dylan Hale, hey, what's that guy over there eating? It's called hummus. <laughs> Triple H1996. And for my next trick, Madison Square Garden, I'll make my own push disappear. Sugar Hill Hanratty again says, <laughs> this is one for the UK gold fans. Here we go. The under trigger to run to roast Rodney. I can make you turn your hands over without touching you. Put your hands out. No, the other way. You know, the, the, the bit from Only Fools. The under trigger. Run to roast Rodney. Is that, is that now has become part of our rich pantheon of wacky characters now? I think you... Just because you've mentioned it. You've made... Del Boy falling through the bar jokes on so many different podcasts now that we're not only getting Simpsons, we're getting only Fools and Horses that on That wasn't from a place of love, you misunderstood. You try telling that to them. They think you're a big fan. Ross Dixon here. This is the one we've all been through, this one, guys. I finished my muscles. Can I triple you for a finger bowl? <laughs> you see, sometimes when you're eating shellfish, oh, I know. you want a scented lemon bowl. I know, I've seen it. I've seen it done. Don't drink it. Uh, you might be thinking I'm making some soup here. No, 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 no. That's not to drink. Jesse Marie Roberts on Twitter says, Basically, Flash, I wiggle my fingers and send you back to ECW. <laughs> Ollie Hodges, not got a caption of his own here, says, I'm just here to see how many people start their captions with basically. It was quite a few. Quite a few, Ollie. Quite a few. Sean Somerville, I gotta get that cassette, China. Owen and Bulldog have replayed the clip of LOD getting slapped <laughs> so many times and I'm sick of it. And rounding us off here, finally, Joe Merrick. Triple H practicing his pronunciation of lesser metals before working himself up to the main event of iron. <laughs> Potassium. Aluminium. <laughs> Good lord. Well, there we go. That was our caption contest. Thank you for our myriad of entries into this. And now it's time to head back, get our coats on, and warm our hands up and blow into them. <laughs> Don't forget, Anum, the hand between the buttocks, as we all know, is nature's, nature's, pocket. nature's pocket. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to a cold day in hell. <laughs> Recap of Ken Shamrock and Vader getting sassy on Monday Night Raw. Oh, you're a bully. I don't like bullies. And you're such a big bully. You know, why don't you wrestle me, you bully? But in fairness, Ken Shamrock is the least of Vader's worries about what's happened recently. It's time to take a trip down memory lane and talk about how Big Van Vader got held captive in Kuwait. Oh. So, remember when they went and they did a little tour of South Africa yeah. and they hit Kuwait? Yeah, so one of the team went back and did Raw, the other team did more shows over in Kuwait, stuff like that. And Vader was meant to be taken on The Undertaker in one of the main events in Kuwait. They went on to Good Morning Kuwait, which was, I assume, the this morning of its day yeah. and time. Oh, I, I now remember what you, you remember what happens yeah, here? Know, yes, okay. And it's one of those things that, like, the guy is so meek, all the footage of him is him just kind of going, Feels so bad for and him. And then Vader's like, "You fucking come here!" <laughs> he like grabs his face. And if you if you want to come tonight, I'll show you it's not fake. I'll kick your ass, and then I'll kick his ass. And he literally grabs him by the tie and like gives him a good shake. Maybe if it was the seventies and this was fucking you know local access, 
you might have been like got a pat on the back from Ole Anderson yeah. or whatever yeah. but this is legitimately an international incident yep. Vader gets held they take his passport he's in jail in Kuwait and he literally has to ring up WWF and say like you need to send lawyers guns and money because I'm in fucking Kuwait yeah. in jail and like obviously Kuwait was a bit more progressive let's just say than some of its uh, Middle Eastern uh, neighbours at the time but you're talking about you know you don't want to be Big Van Vader in fucking Kuwaiti jail and you wouldn't go down too hot for him very much he would have made an example out of Foley talked to believe in his book about Vader that he was distraught over this he was in tears floods of tears because he was told like you know you're, this is one of the first times we've run in Kuwait. Yeah. You know, the usual thing. If you get asked, you know, is wrestling fake, you know, you stick up for wrestling. Yeah. But he does get released. Finally, there is an episode of Raw where Kuwait is still holding Vader. <laughs> what do you, you can talk about the graphic. The graphic, Adam. Please tell me about the graphic. Describe it for us here. They keep having updates where JR's like, and Vader is being held captive in Kuwait, and it cuts to a picture of Vader, like, for, I think it's a photo from the interview, yeah. and it literally goes, <laughs> the big jail cell door in front of it. <laughs> It's so salacious. Uh, it's great. It's so funny. And they do it like 10 times. Yeah. Like, it's like, let's just check in. Is Vader still in Kuwait? <laughs> You're guilty. <laughs> yeah, he's still there. Yep. Oh, poor Vader. So, poor Vader, who, you know, he's still meant to be the nasty heel at this point in time. And they decide we're going to make you know we're going to make something out of this because you know Vader's a big bully you know Vader is known historically as being a bit of a bully he's taken liberties with opponents even though Vader was known as being a big cuddly teddy bear and a sweetheart this is still the man you know even if he cried afterwards and he felt bad he's paralyzed uh, guys he's broken guys backs in Japan and stuff he's really ran roughshod over people I've watched like two Vader matches for Heiji Wrestling and like Joe has been disgusted it's like him and fucking Cactus Jack where it's like hit me for real and him and the big boss man where they're like let's jump over everything for real and it's just like really dangerous and not like if there's a list of people you want to wrestle, Vader would not be at the no, top of that list. No, no, no. So not to say that he's earned the moniker of bully, because he's not like a JBL or whatnot. No. But in fairness, Vader was hoisted by his own batard here. He basically gave them in their lap this little story about big tough guy Vader goes over there and he, you know, he acts big and tough and he gets held captive. And that's like pretty cool, like, oh he, he's so dangerous, they hold him. But they don't go the route of like, oh, Vader, you know, he's so dangerous that the Kuwaiti authorities wanted to have his hands chopped off or anything like that or hold him indefinitely. No, when Vader comes back, they're like, well, here's Big Ben Vader. I tell you about this guy, Vince. He's so goddamn stupid. He embarrassed his family. He embarrassed himself. He embarrassed the World Wrestling Federation. And I think, quite frankly, that he's a big idiot. So he's yeah. being punished for it. He is being called... JR is calling this with more passion than Austin's first title victory. Like, let me tell you about Big Van Vader because he knows in his heart that Kuwait ain't never going to let him go. Do you disagree with that? <laughs> that's like, I, I think that's unfair on him. It is. It the is. fact that they're using it and like a situation that like, granted he's got himself in, but he's obviously like really torn up and really upset about. They're using that aspect of the story. Yeah. And then as soon as they're back, 
as soon as he's back, they're just like, you uh, fucking yeah. dick. We like, hate you for it now. Yeah. They literally did a match for Vader. He squashed, I believe it was either Jesse James or Goldust. I mean, he's done a few squashes. They've been building him up. But the whole match is JR going, what an idiot. Like, he could have won the match yeah. there, but he's so goddamn stupid, this big idiot dumb bully. But, and he's like, hang on a second. I'm going to go over the ring and interview him. Vader, how come you're so fucking stupid? How, how is that? How do you live with yourself being so dumb? This is the same man that's going to be having a pop at his weight next year yeah. as well. JR's got a serious beef with Vader. Like, <laughs> serious. But as well, why would you choose to go that route if you you know you're going to put him against Shamrock and you're going to use him as an enhancement for Shamrock? Yeah. Why wouldn't you have Vader be portrayed as this big fucking monster? Nasty. I was like, uh, oh, yeah. he's gonna, oh, here's Ken, he's going to fight this dingus. Like. Yeah. I thought what it was going to be was that JR was going to be talking all this mess and then to be like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get it. You'll, you'll go have an interview with him then to be like, oh, no, I'm... I'm not stupid, and that would have been really powerful. Where like you, you know, the the announcers know that what he's done is dumb, but they know like, oh, we're not going to be stupid enough to go in the ring and yeah. and poke the bear, so to speak. But yeah, they're poking the bear and they're inviting everyone to, you know, they they keep saying that you made your family ashamed. Yeah, and Vader's like got much of a retort. He just kind of goes, well, if you keep saying that. I'm going to finish what I started in Kuwait. I'm like, all right, yeah. Well, you're going to get arrested again and held captive. Mm, like. I don't want to hear about Vader having a family in the first place. He's meant to be this monstrous bully character. And, and JR like, literally, like, they take it again. The following JR is like, you've heard that question before. We've all heard that question. I don't agree with the question. It's a dumb question. Is wrestling fake? We've all heard it. But we, we know that. You know, you don't overreact to it. He's literally, like, giving him the chat he should be giving him on the phone to Kuwait two weeks ago. Well, the thing is, as well, Vader's defense was that he was told by the producer before he the TV was, show, yeah. ham it up, be over the top, be a big wrestling personality, which is more than you can say for The Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. He was there too. Yeah, yeah, the whole time. The whole incident while Vader's doing this, Booger Red is sat there with his arms folded and sunglasses on, just literally stone letting face. It I'm letting pretty it sure all he's happen. asleep. Like, <laughs> jet lag. <laughs> he's like, you know. he's got those glasses with the fake eyes on. Like. Good morning, Kuwait. Good night undertaker <laughs> a lot of people speculate with this match that we're about to talk about now which is no holds barred vader versus ken shamrock and there's a lot of speculation that this was punishment for vader or that it was punishment for shamrock who was being too stiff with people it's neither of those things it was literally just they thought this was the damnedest thing yeah here's the big heavy hitting guy vader who's got heat on him now because of kuwait Here's our new ultimate fighting superstar. I do still feel strongly that they lost a lot of steam with Ken having him on AOL. I mean, he put over a lot of people on Happy Hotel. It was great. <laughs> but I don't think that was a good use of last month. No, Definitely there's not. There's a lack of momentum with him. He yeah. stopped. He's challenged Mike Tyson. He stopped that. And now he's after Vader. Yeah. Okay. We get an interview between Vader and Tav Pettengale backstage. I was playing with the boy tonight. The boy meets world. Oh. Oh, Leon, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> he shouldn't be playing with the boy, man. That's yeah. just a, a no. for you. Like. So he's going to introduce him to Vader's pain game, which in 1998 would then be renamed Vader's shame game. <laughs> it sounds like Dr. Robotnik's mean bean machine. <laughs> <laughs> Vader's pain game. <laughs> Big fan Vader's pain game for the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> I want that shit like... So we get introduced to the rules for the no holes barred match, where it's like uh, submissions, knockouts, and there's a standing eight count. And straight away, yeah. we were like, "What the fuck? Standing eight count? You know, there is no standing eight count." <laughs> I don't, know, don't know why that's on that graphic. graphic that says it. It's like the Royal Rumble. Nope, that's not. That's... <laughs> who, who do you reckon's in Gorilla? 
Well, if Who's it's not Vince? If Vince isn't there, who do you reckon is? Pritchard. Well, wait, wait, wait. What's to say Vince isn't there just because he's not on commentary? Like He could be still in the building. He's phone, Linda. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, and are you sad that she's dead? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably where he's... It's either Vince. If it's not Vince on Gorilla, it would probably be Pritchard, I would imagine. Mm. You know? Or it could... I mean, the thing, though, is Vince has got so many fucking consiglieries at this point yeah. in time. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot of... You know, you got Patterson, you've mm. got Briscoe. You wouldn't want them to run in the show, though. No, probably not. <laughs> I imagine it would be Pritchard or whatever, but yeah, it's fucking flagrant. Like, if you're going to introduce a rule card, have a look at it before you fucking Honestly. go live to air. Like, so here we are Ken Shamrock versus Big Van Vader. No bars holds. Red Shamrobe. Love that. He looks mm. so good in that robe. So legit. Such a fucking Street Fighter character. I absolutely love it. I'm still waiting for him to be infected with the rage virus. He's like, not angry enough not yet, there. is he? He's no. not quite there yet. He's not, not hit himself in the head at all yet, I don't think, no. actually. Like, when no. he ran out to attack Vader on Raw, and he gave Vader like a big suplex. And then the crowd went apeshit. The crowd went crazy. And then afterwards, he went, Dah! and the crowd mm. went even louder. There's a little bit where he's like, huh. Oh. Screaming! <laughs> Maybe I'll work that into my act. I- I'm hoping there's going to be a defining moment which will push him over the edge. Like I mean, a really horrible chair shot or something that he's never the same. This or... match, maybe? I mean, I'm just yes, saying, like. Fair. So, like, he's already suplexed Vader yeah. at this point. Yes. Yeah, he, he's, he, him and Vader have gotten physical, yeah. Because commentary at one point are like, oh, I don't think he's good, he's strong enough to suplex Vader. So he's already done We've it. We've seen him do it. Everyone yeah. can do it once, Billy. I've got one in me. Like, you do too. But twice? Uh, you know, you only have so many holes on your Vader bump card you can punch before <laughs> that shit can't happen anymore. So, there's been a lot talked about this match yeah. in terms of what actually has happened. The whole idea of it being punishment for one guy or the other, I mean, I think that's part of the reason why they did it is like, they, they knew that he's their hardest hitting guy and our other hardest hitting guy he, they knew there was fan injury that's why they put yeah. them together there's the Japan connection there as well because obviously Vader oh, and yeah. Shamrock both were wrestling quite prolifically in Japan and they would go on to have many more matches in FMW and all that afterwards but the big thing about this match which is true is that there's a big miscommunication between Shamrock and Vader because Shamrock is laying the stuff in hard and fast as he was no doubt told to do yeah. because your boy Vader over there likes yeah, to be hit. Vader, Vader would be expecting it. Of yes. Him. Vader, however, was not expecting it to this degree because ah. Vader immediately after a few grapples, breaks and a big old takedown, Vader has hurt himself, rolls to the outside and Shamrock... He said in interviews after this saying that he thought Vader was now trying to sabotage the match by rolling to the outside constantly. Whereas Vader was literally like, Jesus, give me a second here. Yeah, like, catch my breath. Like. Hang on a second. Give me a second to put the shoe back on the other foot because yeah. I've been rocked by a wrestler who's hitting me too hard. Mm. Harder this than I would like. Happen- this has never happened to me before. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, I've been a pot all my life, but I've never once called a kettle black. You know? <laughs> and it was just the case then. Shamrock then thinks, oh, this motherfucker doesn't want to do business. I'm going to hit him harder. Mm. And you can literally see Vader's holding up his hand going, Slow down! Yeah. Slow down! Like, he waits till the camera's on him and he goes, Stop hitting me hard! It's meant to be fake! (laughs) There is some poetic justice about this after the Kuwait bit. Honestly, the whole question of whether it's real or fake and now this match happens, like, it is karma almost. Yeah, like, the Kuwaiti guy asks him, is it fake? And then he goes, you tell me, is it fake? Because this guy Shamrock looks really mad. (laughs) (laughs) Vader did injure his knee, his elbow, and a broken nose in this one as well. yeah. 
which you can see oozing out underneath the mask. Yeah. They start promoting the UFC pay-per-view as Big Van Vader gets German suplexed. You will not see that on UFC pay-per-view. Mm. The strength of Ken Shamrock. Can we talk about how easy he throws these like big suplexes on Vader around? Like it's, it's to a fault, actually. I think yeah. he does it too easily. Yeah. Like I love seeing a big guy get suplexed or whatever by a smaller guy. But now when you watch, you know, I've seen so many guys do this live where it's like the smaller man goes to the suplex and they do the slow like, <gasps> and you're yeah. like, oh, it, that's so much more fun than he, he just soup, snap German suplexes yeah. Vader, which is the damnedest thing, but it almost doesn't do it justice. And the fact that it obviously hurts and pisses off Vader so mm. much, maybe they should have melted a little bit more. I don't know. Stiff exchanges. Vader rolls out again. Yeah. <laughs> Oh god, this is so bad, lad. There was a point where I was genuinely worried that Vader was going to knock Ken out because the punches are getting so hard and Ken is like genuinely looking dazed and like slumping in the corner. It was honestly a little bit scary at one point. Like, it looked really fucking dangerous. A man goes to a doctor and he complains. I've been having matches with everyone, but they've never been stiff enough. I need to have the stiffest match possible (laughs) so that I can feel something again in wrestling. I don't know. I can't live for it. The doctor says to go and see Big Van Vader, the wrestling champion who is performing tonight in Richmond. But doctor, he complains, I am Big Van Vader. Great joke. Slow down! (laughs) We get the slow down, slobber knocker, down and B, reflect clothesline from Vader. My turn! (laughs) Oh! He fucking kills Shamrock! Mm. He twists and he clocks him. He absolutely clocks him. Dangerous. Ken's got one speed. Which he's gonna try and keep up with, even though he's obviously concussed or yeah. had his bell rung and yeah. stuff like that. That's what it's happened right here. Tries to do like I'm gonna call it the rampage Jackson spot, the thing where it's you know you're down in a triangle, you pick up and go yeah, slam him down, and then it's a power bomb. You know, Triple H and Undertaker really perfected that though, didn't they? Mm. <laughs> Hang on, let me just inject this. Okay, bam! Oh. There we go, big spot. But yeah, Shamrock, Shamrock is a big Vader in this rampage bomb thing and just collapses halfway yeah. through. They splat into the ring. Ugly. This is around about the time where, where Shamrock is literally suplexed out of the ring yeah. by Vader. God. Vader lets out a grunt like he's dying in the Lion King or something. It's fucking... <laughs> wake up, Vader. Like, it's so <laughs> sad. Like. I felt really bad for Vader at the end of this one. Yeah, it's rough. His career takes a certain turn. A turn which WWF were gleefully making fun of him. And unfortunately, we, we were as well. And it's like it's very sad to look at how prominent and how proudful Vader was back at this point in time. And just to see how quickly, like... When they realise here that, hey, we can make fun of Vader and, like... You can see his self-confidence just plummet, like... I don't know. I think, like, there's a bit of him that loves that. Here's this big WCW guy, their meanest killer, and we sign him to big money. And look at him now, you know? Because we don't, we don't need him. They no, don't. of course they don't. They've got, got Mankind. They've got Mankind. Take, we've got Undertaker. Yeah. yeah. And we'll have Kane soon. Like, once yeah. Kane's come, there's no need for Vader. Literally. So, it's a bit of a power play for them, because they can go, hey, yeah, we've taken Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Like, yeah, yeah, you know... But we've taken your top guy and we don't even need him and he's shit now. How about yeah. that? Like, you know, it's just... Gross. And somehow I think it'll make Ric Flair upset somehow. Like, you know? 
Vader's nose is all bust up blur. Ken Shamrock just puts Vader in various submission holes. I'm like, please, just tap out, big man. End this. End this. Vader goes for the fucking moonsault. Oh, my what, God. What happens here? Ken rolls into it. He rolls like, the wrong way. Ken roll, rolls the wrong way. And what Ken does, because he's like half on his knee on his front when Vader lands on him, that is infinitely going to be more painful than just taking the moonsault. Yeah. He's made yeah. it so much worse for himself. He's got a big knee to the kidney. Like. Oh, Jesus. More kicks and leg holes by Shamrock. Vader hits a big, big, big bop. One last one in there. But then we get the ankle lock and he taps out. Fucking hell. JR at the end of this match just says, That match was physical. Mate, that ain't physical, right? Don't take Michael Cole's words in vain, all right? Yeah. Physical, mate, that's Jack Swagger taking on corporate Kane, yeah? That's, <laughs> that's physical, yeah? In the middle of a three-hour Raw Smackdown super show. What's Vicky Guerrero going to say about this one? This match was physical in other ways, I guess. It was wild. I very much enjoyed myself watching I loved this. it. Like I was very squeamish watching it, I'm not going to lie. It was a tough watch, yeah. don't get me wrong. But like I was, when we were sat down watching this, I was like, Vader and Shamrock, I've had like months of building up to this. I cannot wait for these two fucking horses to kill each other. And then Kevin turned to me and was like, ah, no, 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 this is the match that, you know, we want to watch out. It might not be as enjoyable as you hope. But honestly, all the drama and the, the salacious stuff that's gone on behind the scenes involving this match. Yeah kind of improves it almost it yeah. makes it, the car crash quality of it actually improves I, I didn't even have that luxury yeah, I, yeah and I true. loved this yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I loved this is it right for people to kind of be because people take this and they kind of go well you know apropos of nothing Big Van Vader there you go that's your punishment you've done this to countless people in the ring and now it's happened to you and Vader was very upset about this match and how it went down but it's like you've done this exact thing to other people yeah. so you know I, I love Vader I, th- I think that from everything I've heard he was a very sweet man and a hell of a wrestler but good lord yeah it's karma like you, you do this all the time to everyone mm. it wouldn't hurt for you to experience it yourself I like, think the point where maybe I think it goes too far is where this is very obvious WWE can kind of get the tone on commentary between here and Wrestlemania 13 even and they spoke about Vader before there was a bit of like you know, a bit of salt and pepper on how you said his his name. You know, it's you take it seriously. It's a bit Vader. Of reverence. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Vader. You know, you can let that word you can let that word on its own hang for a second. Now it's like Vader. <laughs> yeah. All right, you know, Vader, that guy. Like, all right, what are you gonna you gonna get hurt again? Are you? You gonna go get arrested in Kuwait? Mm. I'm gonna, you know. Obviously, we get to a point where Vader is very vocally talking about how he thinks he's a piece of shit and all that. Yeah. <sighs> Does it come sooner than we think? I'm very intrigued Maybe. to what oh, happens from now, you know? This will definitely be one for the... Uh, when you eventually do How to Wrestling Vader. Yeah. This is going to be the one you have to show Absolutely, Joe. Yeah. yeah. This is a, a spoonful of medicine helping the wrestling go down for Vader here tonight. Austin backstage with Toss Pettengale. JR alluding to those five seats. The Hart Foundation will be no, in the... I don't give a damn about five empty seats because all that means is that the Hart family is going to be that much closer to Stone Cold Steve Austin. And after I whip The Undertaker's ass, I'll take all five of them and send all five of them straight back to Calgary in a bunch of wheelchairs. I don't know if The Undertaker's checked the weather lately, but I'll be damned if hell ain't about to freeze over, and that's the bottom line. Let's take a look at the Stone Cold Stunner, if you would. Steve Austin is already making his way to ringside, uh, but as you can see, his confrontation with The Undertaker two weeks ago on Raw is war. Gives him the knee to the midsection. There it is, the Stone Cold Stunner. Will The Undertaker be able to recover from that tonight if it's hit? 
by Stone Cold Steve Austin. You can see the taunting going on by Stone Cold. He is ready. The Undertaker did recover there. What's it going to be like? Bam! Tombstone pile driver right there. Bam! Tombstone pile driver right there. No. No. It wasn't that though, was it? Was no, it? it was a choke slam. It was a choke slam, wasn't it? I literally that's all I've got. Like it does it, it's a quite the fuck up when a Steve Austin nineteen ninety seven promo was like, nah, I didn't pay attention to that. Todd Pattengill. Todd got it wrong. No, because what else he also said is I did notice something that Todd says. He calls Austin Cold Steve Austin. No, nope. oh, no, 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 no. He drops no. the stone oh, and he God. says, I'm here with Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Burr. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's a cold like... day in hell. It's, yeah. He is cold. Like. When Ass Dagger gets his hands on the Undertaker, it's going to be a cold day in hell because I'm Baron Von Ruthless, son. <laughs> I don't dance. <laughs> I come straight out of Bulgaria, you sorry sons of bitches. <laughs> Main event time! Stone Cold Steve Austin taking on The Undertaker for the WWF Championship. This is Steve Austin's first one-on-one match for the championship. Billy, were you dreading this as much as I was? Yeah. yeah. Why were you two dreading it so? Because the Hart Foundation still hadn't turned up. Right? Well, that, that think, as well, which yeah. made me think, oh, there's going to be another Schmoz finish there. Yeah. A cold DQ in hell. Yeah. <laughs> Every Austin Undertaker match we've ever seen, it always feels like we end up having a big chat about, why was it that that wasn't good? None of us can figure out why that was crap. I, You know what? I, I'm going to stake my claim to it because I've watched it again recently. An Austin Undertaker... First Blood, End of an Era, is a beautiful disaster. I love it so much. So it's still a disaster. It, it, but you're yeah, Vince McMahon, like on crutches, going, no! <laughs> and the like, Undertaker covered in blood, beating up 20 referees. But that's it. You've got Vince McMahon oh. on crutches and referees there to help you get entertained. There's nothing about Austin and The Undertaker alone that will make for a good match. Uh, how about that time they wrestled in 2002 when Austin was all, what? And Undertaker was, you've done it now, bugger red. And they went to lock up and Austin gave him the finger and then Undertaker went bow <laughs> that's the best you got it's the that's best. the best you can do right? <laughs> so uh, yeah alright I, I take your point it may not be uh, an exciting one for you guys no. but the one thing I had with this is this is Austin pre-broken neck and I don't mean to have to be like all salacious and all yeah. that but Austin the wor- the style of the matches are quite different you yeah. know even though there's similarities but you know, Austin can take a tombstone pile driver. Mm-hmm. He can also take a choke slam, which is not called that. I'm not going to lie, I'm a bit worried because after that bit with Toss, I got so caught up that I wrote down tombstone pile driver instead of choke slam. And I may have written down choke slam instead of tombstone oh, pile driver. Kevin. I may need to grab a hose in this one, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> in, like, I have to roll out of the podcast. Slow down! <laughs> Slow down! <laughs> We get some classic King lines of commentary though about Steve Austin. Like these are the these are the ones that you will hear for years to come. Imagine if Stone Cold Steve Austin was the president. The National Bird would need a lifeguard. For fuck's sake, <laughs> Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> oh, he's done. He's he's he is. He's unable to continue. <laughs> I mean, it was between that or the National Bird will be a serial novel. <laughs> Soup going to be on his diet, is it? The national, future? the national diet would be soup. <laughs> Imagine if the big show was president. The national bird would be a honey-baked ham. <laughs> Kevin. As Steve Austin is coming out, 
First time ever, one-on-one, -on -one, Stone Cold, The Undertaker. This is a big match, and Jim Ross, he sets it up nicely, you know? It's like when your master chef's about to unveil the big food, and say, like, I'm going to say a really nice sentence here to whet the appetite. One of the more intriguingly intense matchups that we've seen. Intriguingly intense. Intriguingly intense. This scintillating and tantalizing not, affair. Not quite the adjective I'd use. No. Uh-oh, though, it's not time for a match. It's time for the Heart Foundation to take their seats. No way. Oh, man. Oh. I didn't, didn't expect them to have the jam to show up during this I match. I know, right? I thought they may have had the marmalade and possibly the mustard. <laughs> but the jam, no less. There they are. And now we've got some new members in our Heart Foundation, Adam. Who, who's now joining us? We've got Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Oh, that guy's a nut. That guy's a nut. I don't, he's a nut. Well, literally so far, the only thing I've heard him say on any of the Raws has been, ha <laughs> ha! Standing there with a big grin. <laughs> and look how happy he is. He looks happy all the time, He's actually. fucking delighted. And if it wasn't for the fact that Jim Ross is worryingly always saying, oh, no, no, this guy's a nut. Like, oh. <laughs> Jesus, what oh. do you know? <laughs> it's really scary because he got night hours like, ha ha! Like, oh, he's just happy to be with his mates. And Jim Ross like, no, no, no. That's evil happiness that oh. he's got, like. Well, nothing is quite as scary as the addition of the loose cannon Brian Pillman. The fucking Joker over here, like. Billy. Oh, my God. He is maybe the most scary and upsetting man in all of wrestling. Oh, really? When he joined the Heart Foundation, his whole gimmick is now prayer and believing in the good lord above. Seeing us through and taking Bret Hart to victory over Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because the family that prays together stays together! But they're not nice prayers, they're very scary, like, I'm praying at you, not for you okay. kind of prayers. It's really upsetting. Pillman maintains on Shotgun Saturday Night that he's not a member of the Heart Foundation, he's just affiliated with them, you know, in the same way that Taz wasn't really part of the main event mafia. That was more like a loose affiliation, because he didn't know what to <laughs> Do with Samoa Joe. That's some hardcore TNA references. Honestly, there. Like, all the all the TNA superstars on Twitch, are like, yeah, tell it like it is. On like, Twitch, you know? I'm coming at you, Cyrus. Gonna eat your lunch. <laughs> it turns me on to beat Impact on Twitch. <laughs> Take over TNA. <laughs> so Brian, yeah, he, he's come out to it. He came out to attack Steve Austin because Austin Pilmanized his ankle, which obviously that 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 phrase is because. Pillman had a legitimate fused ankle. They need yeah. to write him off TV. So Austin could, put the could chair. Couldn't be flying Brian anymore. Exactly. He has to be a loose cannon instead. You know, you can be. You can't fly. You can be a bit loose though. You yeah. know. So Austin put the chair on his foot. And he jumped off the top rope and he smashed his ankle. Here he is back many months later to to get his revenge. You remember I was saying that there's a bit of oversaturation with Steve Austin at the moment. There's a few episodes of Raw where. He is out so much. There's an episode of Raw where he comes out at the start for an interview with, with McMahon. Then he gets run off attacking the Heart Foundation because Brett's there on his wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Then he comes out in a wheelchair saying, Who wants to see a wheelchair match? Because he wants to fight Brett the Hitman Hart. Right. Then after that, he gets attacked by the Heart Foundation. He gets saved by Shawn Michaels. Then he gets attacked later on again by the Heart Foundation. And then Shawn Michaels saves him. And Brian Pillman attacks him as well. And then after all that, you got him coming out with a fucking shirt over his head for a fucking in-ring promo. For an interview. Like, you, his music, it's like in WCW, if you watch WCW 1997, you hear the NWO theme pretty much yeah. on a loop. Raw, it's Austin, non-stop, over and over. It's too much. It, it really is. is. So, Brett is back on the wheelchair now, and that's one of the reasons as well why they're using a lot of prayers to help Brett get better. And you've got, like, Own Hart and the British Bulldog and Brian Pillman taking a knee in the ring and they're like 
Brother Owen, what do you want to pray for? <laughs> I want to pray that my brother Brett gets well real soon. And what about you, Bulldog? What do you want to pray for? <laughs> I want to make sure that Brett's alright and he gets well soon. Boo! I thought Bulldog just has to see that footage again. The LOD gets I want to see the LOD get slapped one more time and then own me the face. And the greatest thing about Pillman's like heel antics with the prayer and whatnot. There is an episode where he does loads of prayers and he's like, you know, he goes back to say, he's like, I want to make sure that my friend Owen Hart, he wins the Intercontinental Championship off Rocky Maivia. And he does, Owen wins the championship. You Prayer know? comes true. He prays that the Bulldog will be victorious against Steve Austin. They lay him out. At the end of the episode of Raw, this is how Raw ends. Austin's been laid out by the Hart Foundation. We cut backstage to Brian Pillman on a knee praying. And then he just looks up and goes, <laughs> <laughs> Pillman made prayer get heel heat. Yeah, yeah. man. In America. Oh like. my god. In America, no less. He's not doing it the right way. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's thoughts and prayers, not prayers. We don't want prayers. We want thoughts and prayers. That's what you need. You need the tag team line. Not laughs know? and prayers. No, like, not evil laughs. I've never laughed at a prayer in my life. <laughs> you say a tag team called Thoughts and Prayers. Like, oh, you know? baby! Yeah. John, John Thoughts, Jimmy Prayers. Yeah, like a psychologist and a vicar or something like that, tied, like teamed up together. That would be prayers. great. Austin immediately leaves the match to go beat up Owen Hart. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm gonna kill him. Ah, he's attacking the fans. <laughs> I, lo- I just love this. Like, King is so anti-American now and yeah. pro-fucking Hart Foundation. Brett in a wheelchair is even better. Like, because he, he's just there. Like, Owen wins the Intercontinental Belt. He just puts it on Brett. Yeah. And Brett's also got all, you know, they've given him the tag belts, the slammies, the European title. Brett's just sitting there going, look at this. <laughs> and a blanket on his legs. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, he's like, Brett is just covered in all of this gold. And then Owen just goes, ha ha, we're rich. <laughs> going to sell all the gold. I'm going to smelt it all down into a really big life-size Slammy Awards. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, like, you've got the vulnerability of Brett now that he is in a wheelchair. Yes. Yeah, like, you know, Pillman and Bulldog will hold the crutches for him, and then they kind of they make sure he's okay, and then he'll stand up on the crutch, maybe. Brett, legit knee surgery. Yes, it was actually a proper surgery. Yeah, like. they showed the footage of his knee being scoped on Raw. The reason he came back so soon was because he figured that he could get Jim Neidhart a job. Well, I'm really glad he did, because this yeah. is my favourite thing going on at the minute, is the Heart Foundation story. Like, is it just the fact that you want there to be more members of it, or does Jim at Neidhart add something specific that you like? Jim, no, he, he adds something specific. He's like the Bull Buchanan of the group. You need that one big, muscly dude that mm. maybe doesn't say anything. He is just there to kick ass. Like. He, his laugh is fucking great. Like he's When he's in the crowd laughing, like when Austin gets hit, he's like, <laughs> you're mm. elbowing everyone. He really gets it. He's always on. Like. Yeah. He's very intense, like, you know, you know, there's constant stories of him being, like, really hard to, to be around for a long period just because, you know. Always like, on. Yeah, Brett, like, writes in his book where it's like, you know, he is, you know, he runs away and goes off on a bender, or, you know, goes off to do wacky shit and all that. And one thing I read you like about having him there is that there's a continuity then from the original Heart Foundation. Mm. You know, because that was Brett and, you know, Anvil yeah. back in the day. But the stress for Brett, though, like, this is like... You know, this isn't just Brett being a nice guy. There's a large part of it as well where it's like the family kind of expecting Brett. Well, you're the champion. You know, 
get get Jim a job. Like your sister, yeah. your sister's worried about her husband. Like get him a job. And you know, not to say it was as blatant as that, but you know, Brett was trying to get jobs for Davy Boy yeah. and Bulldog. You know, Davy Boy. And, you know, he's tried to get own a job as well initially. He, and yet he to get a job for Jim Neidhart. Yeah. And you'd have to go to bat for people who are, you know, have got issues and demons. Yeah. Brad had to do that a lot. It, you it know? must be hard because he's got, he's got 11 brothers and sisters. There's yeah. 12 kids altogether. And then there's respective partners. And there's like how many of them are into wrestling. And he's obviously at one point the biggest thing in the world. He is, I think, the biggest and, single star, yeah. And like, you've, there's going to be a lot of expectations of nepotism. There's a lot to put on, a lot of people to put their hopes into one person of getting work. It's like every drama you see when someone wins the lottery and then their friends and family like yeah. run and ragged. And, yeah. you know, Brett is, you know, he's selfish in his own ways, Brett. But in terms of to his family and he his always, friends, he, he always does right by him. Yeah, yes. he's he's giving to a fault, I think. And yeah. I can just imagine, like you know, to think that Brett had the stroke in the sway where it's like, yeah, you know, hire hire this guy who Vince McMahon probably in his right mind said he'd never hire again. Mm-hmm. You know, and how that then got turned against Brett after the mm. stuff with Owen. You know, and the tragedy there. And then it was like, oh, we'll hire Davy Boy to show that we look after the Hart family better than Brad ever could. And that's mm. what they were trying to do. And they were playing, they played a very dangerous game. And that, that Hart family, you know, fucked up for many reasons, but they certainly stirred the pot WWF. Oh, they, yeah. they made it harder yeah. for Brad, you know. He didn't necessarily make it any easier on himself, but yeah, they made it much more difficult. Ice cold stares into the crowd from Brad Hart. He just like looks around at the fans, like kind of going, Pff. These chumps. Yeah. This ain't no guar bar, you know. He's, he's so good, though. Like, yeah. honestly, he is the highlight of Raw every week. Seeing Evil Brett being so smug, calling the shots from his wheelchair, and getting all of his muscle to protect him and do his bidding—it's fucking brilliant. Like, uh, yeah, I just when Owen wins the Intercontinental Belt and he, he barely even celebrates it, he just throws it to, yeah. to Brett. Brett's kind of like has a little titter, like mine now. Yeah, literally, you know? it's oh. like, yeah, you're damn right. Like, oh, fucking hell. I've been talking a lot about what's happening outside of the ring. Inside the ring, headlocks. Undertaker yeah. and Stone Cold, baby. You see, before Austin hurt his neck, you know, it meant that Undertaker was able to focus on doing lots of headlocks. Oh, yeah, the work rate is brilliant. And like. chin locks as well, like, you yep. know. Uh, so that's <sighs> some hairy moments. Undertaker, he lands on Austin, like, twice when they're doing very basic takeovers and stuff. They have no chemistry. There's, that's dull. it. There's no chemistry with them. They don't click, these two. Serious as well now, Austin, who on that podcast of his, I can think I can think of at least nine hundred and fifty six million thousand instances of him giving out to John Cena for oh that STF, I got damn sure you got to tighten that up, you know, to the point that when he had Cena on his show, that's all he talked about. It made him really awkward and nervous. Like that's really bad STF. Where's this STF? Where'd you get that, Steve Austin? Bark box, it's fucking rubbish. <laughs> it's so bad. Just laying on top of the Undertaker, like highlight of this one is a superplex getting reversed, and then a glad gay getting reversed into a is that a stutter? Is it a stutter? No, mad of had it. Okay. It's not okay. a stutter then. I uh, I love on commentary King maintaining that the heart that foundation are just there as fans. Yeah. yeah. So like they bought Ma- tickets. Aust- so. Austin's by the barricade and you can see Owen and Neidhart like standing up to like grab Austin and he just says, look, the fans are on their feet for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just like a perfect little line. So fucking funny. I love it. And it's like, I don't know, like with the Heart Foundation, it's just 
it's a perfect mix because you've got a lot of very funny people there. You know, Owen's yeah. really funny. Pillman's funny. Neidhart's yeah. funny. You know, even Brett's funny in his own way. But like, it's just done that pitch perfect wrestling way where it's like, if you're a big time wrestling fan, you can see what the little things they're doing here, and you know they're having the best time. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, you, all of these guys on the road together because you know they're traveling together as well. How shitty must it have been? Like, you're talking a year later. And Brett's on his own pretty much in WCW. And then Owen's on his own here in the WWF. And he went from being, you know, Pillman, Davy Boy, Neidhart, your brother. You're all on the road together. Like, isn't Pillman dead by the end of this year? Yeah. Yeah. It's really sad. It's like months away that he's dead. It is, dead. yeah. That yeah, happens quite soon. So it's just sad. Like, I'm kind of not trying to get bogged down in, in the inevitable grief and sadness. I mean, you're talking about yeah. a group, you know, the Hart Foundation. There's one surviving member. Yeah, and that, Jesus. You know that oh, gee, it's yeah. true, and it's it's really scary. And I think it's very easy to get bogged down and just think about that with yeah. the Heart Foundation. A lot of people can get quite morbid with this, but I just look at it as this, which is that you've got five guys here who fucking love each other to bits. They love each other to bits unquestionably, and as well, they're having the most fun of their career. And they all went on to say that this was the most fun that they had because they were just. You know, doing shit together. It shows. Yeah. They're all totally enjoying this and it makes for some brilliant TV. How often is it that the times when wrestlers give their best work is when they're having the most fun? Yeah. It's serious. Like, Always. You know? Low blow by Stone Cold Steve Austin, the risky rule breaker. We don't get a DQ. The referee just, I don't know, looks at him. Yeah, he chastises him when he turns, uh, turns away. Like Austin just flips him the double birds. Like. <laughs> then we get a low blow by The Undertaker. And then Earl Hebner, because this is a house show, gives everyone the finger. Like, yeah. You know? yeah. Austin, Austin starts whining. He's like, you kicked me in the balls. Like, well, you just did it to him, so fuck you. And then, bam, Tombstone Piledriver in the ring. You mean Chokeslam, right? Sorry, yes. Okay. Chokeslam in the ring okay. there. Oh, it is hard, isn't it? It is. It's very difficult. And then we get the stunner. The bell rings, but it's yeah. that trickster Brian Pillman ringing a bell, and then boom, chokes them. That was the Tombstone Pile Driver. Okay. Okay, and then that gets reversed, and then reversed again. That yeah. was pretty cool. That, that, was, that was the best sequence of this match. Austin looked like he had a fucking hernia when he was yeah. twisted back to <laughs> Austin fucking strained so hard, his special Kuatu face came out in the back. Like. There must be... I know what the indies are like, and whenever you reverse a tombstone, it's always the thing of, like, you go onto the feet. Someone yeah. somewhere must have done that, like, all the way out of the arena, I think surely. it like, did happen. Chikara, I'm, I'm surely. sure I've seen... Like, that must be that a thing. Happened. So, Undertaker hits the... Tombstone pile driver. Yeah, yeah actually yeah, is yeah, a tombstone. Absolutely, we're for realsies this time. Yep. First time I think I've ever seen Austin take a tombstone. Yeah, yeah and it'll probably be the last as well. Only like. time, possibly, yeah. Looks awesome. Taker wins. I mean, I was expecting this to be better than most of the Taker Austin matches. I think this may have been... not. It wasn't worse than SummerSlam, because that's the one where he gets knocked out and it's yeah. just fucking hideous. That's terrible. But... I know I like the Hart Foundation being ringside. That was entertaining. Yep. But that the best thing about the match was the people in the crowd just stretching you away from the match. Like yeah. it was a great Raw main event. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. For a Raw, this would be a great closer. So the Hart Foundation hit the ring, and King is like, "Ah, fans are in the ring. They're rushing the show." Yeah. Like Brett, though, what's great about this is that you know they run the ring, and they start attacking, and Brett is just on his own in a wheelchair, Austin and Austin just goes straight for the man yeah. in the wheelchair. Like. That's the only problem here is that I think Neidhart sees it happening, and I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be saying this. Yeah. And then Owen Hart in the ring, boom! Tombstone pile driver. Uh, Undertaker gets the stunner, and Austin's left 
standing tall amongst everyone. The Hart Foundation have been beaten up. Undertaker, the champion, has been beaten up. And Stone Cold Steve Austin, who is absolutely unequivocally their top guy. I th- Honestly, I thought it'd be like, oh, and it's the rise of Austin. He's fucking risen. Yeah, yeah, he's already there. Honestly, if anything, he'll be overproved at this point. Yeah. Like, you know, he is front center, their top guy. But again, that's a story that, you know, no one ever says Austin, he had arrived at this point. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah. king of the ring, and then he became champion. Yeah. Yeah. A year in the middle, and he like, broke his neck in that time as well, folks. It, it's, so It's crazy that the belt is not already on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we have to wait like, seven months Longer, yeah, I like, think. like another nine or ten months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was fourteen when he finally gets it, so it's nearly like, a year from now. And I, I wonder, it'd be interesting to know, given the way things are going here, you'd think that they, there's plans to have the belt on him by SummerSlam. You yeah. think at this point, the way they're using him, it's yeah. If they don't put the belt on him at SummerSlam, there'd almost be like a backlash from the fans because it yeah. seems yeah. so obvious well, that's the, where they're headed. The golden child's coming back, isn't he? So. Oh, of course! Oh, oh, boy. And that is something to point out. Shawn Michaels on Raw. He's made many run-ins helping Steve Austin and they've had lots of pull-apart brawls. But Shawn Michaels, he's been searching. Where's my smile now? Where's my smile now? Where? Where? Where is Sean's smile? There it is. He's found this. Uh, Luckily, he didn't find Oddlaw, the evil smile. He's found his actual smile, and he will be back at King of the Ring. He says he's going to be wrestling. So, HBK, he's going to be back, and uh, we're going to finally get to see some Shawn Michaels on this fucking goddamn podcast. What are you talking about? We We saw saw him fight Hogan. Hogan. Oh, stop that. (laughs) We didn't see a man fight that night, in the literal sense of the word. He fought gravity in the laws of physics. (laughs) so did flubber man but he ain't here either like we've reached the end now of a cold day in hell a fun show i think a lot more a lot more fun i think than the previous one i prefer this one to rise of the taker i think revenge of the taker revenge of the taker (laughs) yeah no i agree it was better but still a pretty lousy show as far as pay-per-views go so many people like not on the cards yeah lots of people not represented tonight same with a lot like it was like it's almost like they're working on a rotation because the people we saw last month, we got to see, you know, other folks who yeah. aren't here tonight. Yeah. And, you know, That's the trade-off if you have a shorter show, though, with only yeah. five matches. It's like, do we have ten really, really, really short matches and get everyone on the card, or do we just do a few? They really? are doing opening and closing dark matches, though, because I know for, Col- for, for Revenge of the Taker, the closing dark match was Triple H versus Goldust. Yeah, and I think the LOD had a dark yeah. match. Yeah, the LOD had a dark match for the tag titles against Owen and Davey, which ended in DQ. Your fucking <laughs> dark <laughs> match ended yeah. in DQ. But it's interesting, this five match show again, it's it it's that's how you do takeovers. Yeah, it is. It's five matches, that max, maybe four sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, I I I have got a lot of time for short shows. That's all I can say about it. So, what do you think guys? Match of the night, MVP Adam. Match of the night, undoubtedly Vader and Ken Shamrock. That was e- like far and away the most entertaining, interesting, and action-packed match of the evening. And I'm going to go ahead and say Ken for my MVP as well, simply because I think they've spent such a long time putting all this pressure, and it is pressure, they've been putting him on a pedestal and giving him such a big fanfare and saying he's the world's most dangerous man and he's finally here, and he finally has his big like pay-per-view debut against Vader in a match that for all intents and purposes was a car crash. Yeah. <laughs> I think he handled himself and looked like he belonged in WWE really well. He didn't like, look visibly upset. He didn't look like a guest star should, yeah. I think. Like it wasn't like when you have a celebrity come in and do a big appearance. 
he did feel like, oh, okay, it's like, it was like a Ronda Rousey kind of thing where yeah. he's arrived on the roster and he fits in immediately. Like. Is it weird that Vader was more kayfabe breaking and obviously upset yeah. and let him yeah. slip, even though Ken was allegedly the one who was human? The rookie, yeah. like, yeah. Bill, match of the night, MVP. Uh, match of the night, I'm going to give to Ken and Vader. Uh, just, I, I just thoroughly enjoyed that much. Special mentions, though, uh, as I said at start, Funk versus Hunter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really, really, really enjoyed that match. Funter. Funter. MVP, I am going to give to Flash Funk. Hey! I, I just really enjoyed his performance. I'm a little annoyed that his finisher isn't called Splash Funk. But, you know, I can live with that. <laughs> I can live with that. But no, I was really impressed with him. Um, because I remember, I, I, I knew it was too called Scorpio. But I remember, like I said earlier, I, I don't, I don't think I ever was like massively impressed with him outside of yeah, him doing, yeah. doing the 450. And then, but here I could see a bit more of his actual wrestling style and ability. First time he's wrestling for longer than two minutes. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, and yeah. he looked like a credible. And they made him look like a credible threat to Triple H. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I, I didn't think I'd see that, and he was over. Yeah, and with a, with admittedly a very goofy gimmick and very goofy ring attire. Yeah. But oh he, yeah. I could have spent that match if it wasn't a captivating performer. Mm. Looking at those boots and what the fuck, like you yeah. Know? But you don't think about that because he's so fun to watch. I think for match tonight, I'll have to echo you. It's got to be Vader and Ken. It was the only match that actually like really clicked with me. I think, even though still it was like, I think that match has got so much story behind it. You'd think that. Kind of debunking a lot of that would make it less fun or whatever, but actually the match is more entertaining than the the mystique of the match. I think, yeah, you know, for sure. Although this was a match that you know I'd seen highlights of and Botchamania, and that's all I wanted. No, the match itself is really, really endearing. And if you're someone who's squeamish at watching Vader victimize people, it's actually quite like a nice it's a bit cathartic. It yeah. is, yeah, to an extent, to see Vader have the shoe on the other foot. Like I did feel very bad from being stuck in Kuwait and. Even though it was not necessarily his night, but his presence was felt throughout the threat of it. And when he finally came out, uh, Bret Hart, I really think, like, the whole main event, I it was Austin Undertaker with headlocks. Yep, yeah, and I wasn't yep, upset yep, yep. at all because I was living for those glances from Bret Hart, this team that he's put together, and he has embraced this heel role so well yeah. and he has managed to tweak it in a way now where he's got like how many times a wrestlers event hire all my friends and it's actually been yeah 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 you know it never works out it this never well never works out when you get fucking Jimmy Hart wrestling against the Dudley boys in fucking in TNA that's what happens usually then Undertaker you know? bringing in Chronic yeah right? <laughs> here it's like bring in my mates and like fucking hell every member of the Hart Foundation and alleged member of the Hart Foundation Bring something different to the table. Yeah. I love it. It's great. They're not jabronis. They're not jobbers. And it's all held together by Bret Hart. He'll look in the ring and go, these are the men I trust more than anything. I, he says, I trust these men with their hearts to beat the blood around my body. I take these men with me to the gates of hell. Oh! Mm. Like, I just, this faction is over because of Bret. And this main event was tolerable because of Brett, not because True. of fucking Steve Austin Undertaker yeah. figuring out how many variants of a chin lock they could work into a title match. So yeah, Brett once again, 
everything he's doing is stealing the show. In a wheelchair, he outworked most of the roster. Yeah. Of yeah. Which is saying something like... I do want to give a special mention, not going, not giving him the MVP, but we should give a special mention to Doc Hendricks for not being on the show tonight. I think yeah. that is really, really good of him yeah. to not appear at all on this pay-per-view. The, the, the special, like, wrong merchandise that doesn't work, they have him sell it in a room that's empty, like, you know, all these motion detector eyes that don't follow people around the room. Hey, you gotta get him, man! Well then, that's going to do it for this episode of the Attitude Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. And as always, if you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher, make sure you leave us an old rating or review. Always helps us out if you recommend the show to a friend. And if you're on Twitter, hit us up at AE Podcast or Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast for caption contests, goofs, gaffs, and much more. Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast is where you will find a catalogued archive of all of our videos. We've got plenty of little videos from classic episodes of the podcast, current episodes, new episodes, and previews of our content from Patreon, such as the Bibliotech and Smackdown Crawl. I was going to do uh, the Cheerio song, you know. The Cheerio song? Vidi Rice, Vidi Corn, Vidi Oats and Weed, they're delicious and nutritious, Vidi so good to eat. <laughs> you can use that one if you want. Can I? Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. I'll pass that. <laughs> Multigrain videos, facebook.com slash Attitude Era Podcast. Start your day right. Hey, if you want to support the Attitude Era Podcast outside of breakfast, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash AE podcast and get access to a whole shed load of bonus content video episodes with the gamesmanship series over 45 episodes of the smackdown crawl hours upon hours of the bibliotech if you want to check out some early episodes they're available here on the main feed but you can check out the likes of bob holly's book four parts of the hardy boys ryback's book and many more as well full podcasts with myself and adam and as well as that you can become a ten dollar backer get access to over 25 q a episodes with adam billy and kevin or become a twenty dollar backer and get access to our entire back catalog of audio commentary tracks normally available for five dollars each you make a massive 75 percent discount by becoming a dan seven tier backer a variety of rewards to suit a variety of budgets and tiers but for a minimum of five dollars you can get access to a whole hell of a lot more ae podcasts at patreon.com forward slash ae podcast and if you're a fine purveyor of stuff and things such as the three of us you're in it now oh. uh, head on over to matthewsbotchamania.com stuff things undertaker's rubbish again as you were <laughs> do we need to do anything now you've brought us into or, the are, we, is, are you like stuff Adam is things and I'm Ange is that it yeah like? I think so yeah. okay do you want to have a go at doing this then like a Budweiser frogs kind of thing so <laughs> okay it's botchamania stuff and things stuff and things good stuff alright <laughs> <laughs> and things and things hey, hey. until next time where we're going to be crowning a king of the ring a hall to die in. <laughs> it's going to be a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me things. And me stuff. <laughs> and, and catch you next time on the Anditude Era <laughs> podcast. <Stuff-cast. laughs>